You watching me glow, you watching me go I'm all in my zone, I'm holding my own I'm feeling like Bane, I'm breaking your bones I am a blur, black and a nerd So this is my own, this is my zone And this is a show you already know like My grand blur, YouTube blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Cosplay blur All day blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Bet you wish you so blur Talking about what we heard Talking about what we seen All through the eyes of a blur Everything that we do urge Flying like a super person Plus I got super friends We be teaming up early Welcome to Blur Vision, your windows of the world of all things geek, movies, TV, or news. We talk about it every week. It's your boy Jordan, aka the Blur Vision with. Uh, hi, this is Michael, Black Gay Comic Geek on all social media channels. Yay! Why are you talking like a Karen? That's so weird. I don't know. <laughs> I'm promoting my, this is my promoting voice. <laughs> it's like, uh, what's that movie? Uh, ah, fuck. With uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Um, uh, the weird one where they turn to a horse at the end. Spoilers. Yeah, is that what happens at the end? I never actually watched it. <laughs> Fucking weird. <laughs> what? I enjoyed the movie until that end, and I get what they were trying to say. What does white people voices have to do with horses? I get, I get what they were trying to say. Like they're the work, like you're, you're being the workhorses of like corporations and shit like that. Ah, but it was fucking weird. That sounds weird. It's, it's not even spoilers because I don't even understand what that means. It was, really. <laughs> it was very weird. Actually, it's kind of spoilers. We actually have an email from some of our fans today talking about exactly that what we do all the time with podcast is like guys guys no spoilers but here's the spoilers <laughs> yeah like i went with a co-worker of mine like we both looked at each other like what the fuck wow <laughs> that like the movie lost me okay well hopefully this podcast episode doesn't lose you michael it is, it a is. lot I'm, to talk I'm, about i'm already lost i don't okay, know what's wow. happening <laughs> i just woke up but we got a lot to talk about and not a lot of time to talk about it in you said that every week yeah i know but this time i'm serious <laughs> we had to have a hard two hour out Usually we're usually just like, yeah, we bullshit for three hours, but no, two hours. Because uh, I have to wrap up this episode. Uh, we're, it's in the morning right now. We have to wrap up uh, early so I can prepare for a Black Widow screening I have later tonight. You've already seen it, so it's not like <laughs> you won't be there. It's going to be me and uh, Beautiful mm. Diz. Okay. What? what? <laughs> You've you, seen it. You didn't ask me. <laughs> because you seen it. So what? What's your point? Oh, did you like it? This is your, I want to see it again. Here's your non-spoiler review moment. Get a little like. Right now. Well, I mean, 30 seconds, just if you liked it or not, because well, I'm literally seeing it tonight, so. No, I liked it. You liked it? Um, was it worth the wait? How about that? That's a good question. I would say, yeah. Really? My only thing is, just, okay, as a standalone movie, mm-hmm. I liked it. Okay. But at the same time, I feel like, what was the point? Because she's dead? Because she's dead. Ah, see, I don't like that response. Only because I thought that this movie would do a good job, or I hoped it would do a good job of kind of post-mortem no. uh, kind of justifying no. her death no. Or, no. or no, no, making you think about her death more no. at the end? No? There's like, really? There was like no point. Really? It was just like a solo adventure and that was just, it was, was just no... A, it was just a solo as if she'd never died. So the, with the tra- so the trailer was a bait and switch. Remember that trailer they released that was like, it had her, it looked like she was like, yeah, it looked like flashing she, back to her no, life. No, there was, was not a, they don't even reference, like... That uh, wasn't a framing the, device? No, the only time they reference, oh! they only reference her death at the very end. Like, that's the stink. Like, so basically, that was the point of the movie, the post credit scene. This movie was just, it had nothing to do with Blackwood. Outside of Scarlett Johansson and Natasha, this movie was to set up Yelena Belova. I fucking love Yelena Belova and Florence Pugh. Like she was the, I loved her. Mm. 
but that was the point of this movie. It had nothing to do with Natasha. So she granted, was, okay, she so was a granted, she was a huge part of the movie. Like this was her movie. Yeah, but take her out of the movie, you don't like, and let this have been Florence Pugh. Nothing changes. So how? But she was in the movie if, because because everything because <laughs> every because everything that she everything that was set up in the movie she was involved with. She was just there. She was yeah. She was there. Yeah. She had a huge hand in it. But at the same time, you could have still swapped out Florence Pugh, and nothing would have changed in the story. Seems to be happening a lot. I mean, that's a complaint I've been hearing even about Loki. People feel like Sylvie kind of stole the show from him, and it's like, yeah, what's why we have these like these solo brands like Loki and Black Widow but then it's like a bait and switch where it's like no actually it's about this other character who we're trying to put into the forefront. Yeah pretty much like and I feel like it's a disservice to Natasha who's been there really since Iron Man 2. Yeah she was the first female Avenger before Captain Marvel sold the show. Yeah, like, I, and, I, and the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, how much better would this this have been? Instead of taking place after Civil War, it literally took place after, like, change the time, nothing nothing changes. Nothing changes. Mm. This movie could have been, and she could have been the event, the leading Avenger or the leader of the Avengers going forward. Like, that's what I, I think it should have happened. She should have been the leader. She should have stayed alive mm. and it made this movie that much better than it have, had it been a... a her going through her life now that the Avengers are gone. Mm, okay, well, save your rating because I'm gonna. I, I want to wait to do the full review with you next week. But all right, thank you for that little. I want to say spoiler. That's no, not that spoiler. Well, but I, spoiler. Yeah, yeah I, that, that little uh, uh, tease for what I'm gonna be seeing tonight and what uh, all our fans out there hopefully are gonna be seeing this weekend. Black Widow in theaters advertisement. <laughs> but we have uh, talking about Disney. We've got Loki episode four to talk about since we didn't talk about that last week because we recorded on Tuesday. Um, and it's going to be kind of an a- anime heavy episode because I did watch uh, based Son on recommendation. What? He hates anime, guys. You hear that? No. Somebody <laughs> just sent me a message like, uh, this episode of Loki was weak. It was average. I episode was like, five? Come on. Like, this is the fucking penultimate episode. But I hear different things from different people. Because I before I came over here, I saw like comic book. No, but the, this person. I'm like, oh, this is the best episode. So I was like, I saw memes are saying like, episode four, episode four was epic. Episode five is the best. But no, it's Ron, who I go live with on my YouTube channel. You, He and I usually like, kind of like me and you. Like, mm. we're usually... Mm. aligned so I'm like if he thought it was average I'm like son of a bitch well now I'm curious what you thought about episode 4 then because I know we both thought episode 3 was disappointing but did that kind of hold true for you for episode 4 I'm curious hold Find that thought out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be talking about mostly anime though because I did watch based on recommendations uh, is it in your eternity or to your eternity to your eternity to your eternity uh, and I also watched Tokyo Revengers and Tomorrow War I don't think you've seen Tomorrow War right no okay so I'll just give a brief spoiler non-spoiler review for that i did watch fear street oh okay so we'll do both we'll we'll trade off because i didn't see fear street yet well flip flop yeah um did you see tokyo revengers (laughs) (laughs) you missed it okay (laughs) did you see tokyo revengers no no okay so just did you catch up on all of to your eternity uh i've seen up to episode seven that's enough because by six you actually get like what the plot is before that it's like what where, where's this going <laughs> like, what is, what is the, the through line for this um were tears wept i still don't know where it's going <laughs> <laughs> it's a very interesting concept for an anime that i've never really seen before even a, a protagonist that i've never seen done in this way i'm just like this is really intriguing um but our our fans said that uh it was going to make us cry 
So I'm curious if it made you cry. If people follow me on my Instagram stories, they see what I did. <laughs> it's been a very emotional weekend for me to say the least, but we'll get into it. Um, so let's get into, we don't have any iTunes reviews this week, but we're at 100, no, 291. So thank you guys for sending them in. We're almost at 300. Please, if you haven't left a review yet, leave one on iTunes. It helps out with the rankings, blah, 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 all that good stuff. Um, but we do have some emails, so let's just jump right into those. Emails. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Uh, so first email comes from Loris Licker. I'm finally sending an email. Hey, Jordan and Michael. I have been a longtime listener since right around when The Last Jedi released in 2017, but never decided his man. 2017 was Last Jedi? It was? Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but never decided to send an email or review until now. Thank you for sending one in, man. You guys have been my favorite podcast ever since... I'd always listen to you on the drive to and from high school. I knew you were something special when you had the same level of unexpected hype as me around The Greatest Showman. This is The Greatest Show! Uh, you guys constantly crack me up, and yes, like many others, I went through the pain of getting a movie spoiler for me. This is what I was talking about. <laughs> Uh, after being told it was a spoiler-free review, lol. I want to say I mostly agree with your thoughts on In the Heights. However, I did think a few of the songs were pretty great and on a lyrical level almost compared to Hamilton. Uh, but I also think it's not really fair to compare the Disney Plus Hamilton to the In the Heights film since one is a movie that made pretty significant changes and one is a straight up stage production. I still thought Hamilton had the much stronger story though. Also, what are you guys, what are you guys' favorite or top three favorite songs from Hamilton? Mine are My Shot, Nonstop, Yorktown, and Wait For It. You actually listed my top three right there. Uh, my Shot, Nonstop, and wait for it. I love wait for it. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. I also like the Skylar Sisters. I also like, um, uh, I mean, almost all the songs I remember. I, like, I like every day. Yeah, like, uh, uh, what was the George Washington song? Uh, um, you know what I'm talking about. The one where he's rapping the Hamilton about uh, being a commander. Um, I know I'm blanking on the name right now. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I like almost every major song in that. Even the end song, uh, the, like the the Hamilton, you know, I guess spoilers, but if you know history, Hamilton dies. <laughs> yeah, his death song at the end, fucking beautiful. Um, the world was big enough for for him in, in a... Yeah, I, I mean, I like his, his, history has its eyes on you. Yeah, history has its eyes on you. Way more iconic songs in the Heights, though. But I will agree that, you know, I, I did like it nights. Uh, that's all for today. Thanks, Jordan and Michael. Tell you much I knew. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Jesus of glory. Ah. Who lives, who dies, who tells your story. That's it. <laughs> oh, it was a George Washington introduction song. We actually rise in the battlefield for the first time. Um... The Battle of Yorktown, I think. I think it's this song. I think I think this is this song. I just love when no, he no, it's not. when no, they introduce him. You know what I'm talking about? When he's like, uh, here he is, yeah. George Washington. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not the Battle of Yorktown. Duh, 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 duh. 
But thanks for the the email, Loris Lick. I really appreciate that. And thank you for sending an email after being a listener since 2017. I, I love getting emails like this or even iTunes reviews where we find out how long people have been listening. Um, I really, really appreciate the loyalty yeah, from our fan base. You're, you're old. You're here too, motherfucker. <laughs> you were here every step of the way except for the first year. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the TVA. I'm yeah, like, good. I don't age. Uh, let's see. Our next email comes from Julian Phoenix. Hey, I was wondering if you guys watched Lupin on Netflix. I did not. Did you? Lupin? Yeah, the, no. I, I heard they remade it no. with the black guy, like the American version. Um, I think it's loosely based on the anime Lupin Third. Yeah, but it's live action, takes place in France, and features a black lead. See, that's what I'm talking about. I highly recommend it. Also, Loki is trash and boring. And, damn, and is easily the worst Marvel show, including Netflix and Hulu shows. Damn, I would go as far as to say it's Iron Fist trash. Damn, did you watch all of Iron Fist? Because that's a bold statement yeah, to make. I don't, like, I don't know about all that. <laughs> Iron Fist. Come on, da- you, <laughs> Danny Rand. Finn Jones could not do any kung fu when he was a kung fu lead. <laughs> no. I haven't seen the latest episode, but... I will say this, though. The Loki fight choreography is like... It's okay. Yeah. Like, it's it's probably the weakest part of the show. Probably the weakest action scenes of all three of the shows so far. WandaVision included. Yeah. But I will say, like... At least there were episodes, like... That I enjoyed a little. I was like, I was hype. I wasn't hyped for no. Even if episode five, I do come away because I haven't seen it yet. But I come away with it like, oh, come on. Like even if I dislike it or think it was, there wasn't okay. a single cool moment in Iron Fist. Yeah, I defy you to name one. <laughs> exactly. So that alone, I give Loki better. Uh, let's see. The only thing that I can say... Oh, the only thing that can save this piece of shit is an actual Kang cameo by Jonathan Majors or the Living Tribunal. Hmm. P.S. Jordan needs to read that dick manga and film his reaction. <laughs> I actually forgot about I have, that. I have it. I have it somewhere. Somebody's dick is coming with me tonight. That's an Aqua Team reference if you don't know. But, yeah, I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. But, uh... <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would be funny if I did like an actual like reaction to reading it. People do that, do oh, I guess they do. I've seen people do reactions to solo leveling. That's a manga. So yeah, to who? Solo leveling. It's a, I think it's Korean manga. But I don't know. It's like a Dragon Ball Z RPG type of thing. Oh, please let this story go far and wide, please. What? If there is a Jesus, what? which there isn't, but <laughs> Jesus a la Buddha. What's up? Some uh, tick a, a TikToker who I shared. Okay, uh, it's like TikTok is blatant, blatant, <laughs> being blatant at this point. I'll show it to you. I still got it in my stories. TikTok? This is TikTok. White anything is fine. <laughs> oh. Let me. Mm. 
But we've been on TikTok and social media is on that bullshit. But now it's like... I mean, it's like, I won't even say, no, it's blatant. It's been blatant. Black success. Boom. Content. Now at least like you can see it in real time. Let's take that out of the equation. Supporting white success. The same adjectives I was using to describe us on this app, it's allowed. That's real crazy. Mm-hmm. It, it hurts my heart to see shit like that, and I guarantee you nothing's going to come of it. <laughs> it's going to yeah, be slowly just forgotten about. It's just like, well, if we just ignore it for a day, <laughs> it'll made, go away. He made a follow-up. Here's the next part. Yeah, I'm fed up. I'm tired. I am a neo-Nazi. Boom, accepted. Fine, no issue. Let me delete it. I can say I'm anti. I'm not even gonna say the word out loud because it irks me. Anti Anti what? Semitic. Oh, Semitic. And it's accepted. God forbid. I type this in. Let me get rid of that. Let me say word of the day. I'm black man. What you think it's gonna say? What? So this is I'm a black man. No, inappropriate. I'm a neo Nazi. Blatant, blatant at this point. At this but like, okay, so so and so this is a new video. I didn't see this one, but Asians okay. That's fine. It's black anything basically. And I, I, didn't, I didn't see this video, so this is a new one. Uh, Latino lives are okay. It's specifically black. Arabs okay. Black. Black. That's crazy. Because now it's not even a thing where it's like, well, maybe it's some kind of weird algorithmic like pairing of terms together fucks it up. It's like, nah, literally black in any adjective equals inappropriate. That's... It's bla- yeah, it's blatant at this point. It's not even... I, w- I want to say it's a glass ceiling, but it's like a frosted glass ceiling where you can see the glass. <laughs> like I can see, there it is, right there. I can, so that, I can, so, I can so, feel it hit my head. <laughs> so, the, so the thing about it is, and I, I keep thinking about it, it's like it's discouraging as a person that, like, like you and I, like as content creators, that we want this to be our living, but then you're still beholden to these apps and shit like that. Yeah. Where like they're purposefully putting things in place to prevent you from growing at the same rate your peers of other nationalities and colors yeah. would grow. Like even even in, and it's not just tick TikTok is the most blatant, but they're they all do it. Yeah, they all like do it I for talked sure. about before on here, like YouTube, like there are people, LGBTQ content creators that were suing YouTube a couple years ago because they would deplatform mm-hmm. if you had gay, queer, lesbian, anything like that in the title, mm-hmm. they would like demonetize and deplatform your videos mm-hmm. and things like that. I haven't mm-hmm. heard what came of the lawsuit but like yeah and, and and even before i joined youtube i was like debating and like should i call myself black gay comic geek on youtube because i have gay in the title mm-hmm. that might fuck me up yeah i just i still ended up doing it obviously but yeah. just the fact that i had to go through that you chose merit over just trying to fit in with an algorithm or you know you, you be true to yourself rather than try and mold yourself specifically to be successful in the algorithm or whatever yeah. and even then you know if you, if you didn't have black and gay in your title your thumbnails they have, they have your face i heard double toast talking about that uh cory from double toasted he mentioned that like he's got like actual 
like reps that tell him exactly how to create thumbnails for the best uh, exposure on YouTube. And he made a joke and was like, oh yeah, put your face in the thumbnails. And then he saw like the results of like the algorithm difference from like putting his black face in the thumbnails versus just like, you know, I don't know, Chris Pratt's in Tomorrow War, Chris Pratt's face. It was like, oh, there's a significant dip when we put your face in the thumbnails. I, I didn't mean your face. Put celebrity faces in there. <laughs> it's a thing. Like, yeah, it is. It's, it's it a is real a thing. thing. Yeah. I'm like, wow, it's really fucked up. And like you say, it's just discouraging. Not even people that are, like us are in the in the thick of it. Even people that might be potentially wanting to get into it. It's a deterrent even there. So in every direction, it's it's silencing black voices. <laughs> it's a damn shame. I can get I'm just about to get into a rant about the how I feel like even the cosplay community not like the the appearance of cosplayers i feel like the more successful cosplayers are more white presenting by people than even people that look black quote quote you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. light skin straight hair small features light petite up, light eyes petite, especially petite i feel like that's a big thing i feel like because white guys aren't threatened by petite black women but black women that are maybe thicker more curvaceous unless they're like straight porn stars there's more of like a oh but not as attainable. I like like I like the I call them color swap. <laughs> color swap by people. Yeah. Like if you just, you just change the palettes of the, like the color wheel, like, you basically look white. <laughs> and it's weird. It's it's small little microaggressions like that. It makes that's where insecurities come in with with people of color. Where it's like, do I need to look a certain nah, way? Nah, people of co- black people. <laughs> yes, yes, specifically black people. <laughs> it's fucked up. But yeah. TikTok corner. <laughs> that was Michael's TikTok corner or email <laughs> section. But uh, we have, I think, two more emails. One from Danny Villasenor, old pal. Uh, he's got more recommendations. Hey, guys. So two weeks ago, I recommended Tokyo Revengers because it's such a great series. And this week, I'm emailing again to let y'all know this show is amazing. And you know what? Now that I've watched, I think, 11 episodes of the show, wherever the most recent episode has come out upon recording this, uh, I've got to agree. It's not something I thought would really uh, hold my attention. But... It's it's the it's, Tokyo Revenge is one of those shows that the more you watch, the more you're into it. Not many shows get better over time, but I think it's one of them. Uh, my friends told me the manga was great, so I cracked and started and also finished it. And I'll just say, if y'all start the series, I'll be sadness. Oh, it'll be sadness arc after arc. Also, I really recommend y'all finish Jujutsu Kaisen. I didn't finish that yet. If you haven't, because that's also great, and the manga for that is also just pure pain. For those that read the manga, I'll just mention a little city called Shibuya. That's about it, y'all. Uh, oh, and one more thing. Last week, y'all said something about Invincible and Spider-Man being on the Invincible comics, but Invincible actually went to the Marvel Comics universe, not Spider-Man going to the Invincible comics. And stuff I believe it was featured in Marvel Team-Up. So yeah, that's it. I'll uh, see y'all next week. Thank you, Danny. He gives us the almighty thumbs up. Appreciate that, man. Um, and yeah, I'm, I, I say To Your Eternity is actually sadder for me. I cried more in To Your Eternity, but Tokyo Revengers, yeah. It, especially... Where I'm at now, there was something that happened that I was just like, oh my God, you were there. And that that affected me more than I thought it would. So yeah, it's it's getting more heartbreaking as that series goes on. Mm, next email comes from Michael Lopez. Hey fam, I love that you are back doing this regularly. It fills a hole in my heart. Oh, he paused. So I guess that's supposed to be a innuendo joke. It fills a hole in my heart. <laughs> By the way, I'm stealing friends' phones so I, I can drop you off. I want to fill some holes. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Dick Fight Island. <laughs> By the way, I'm stealing friends' phones so I can drop y'all some five-star reviews since mine is already in. Oh, man, that's that's an MVP move, man. Thank you. I heard you say in your last podcast that you have not yet seen Django Unchained, Michael, but have the Blu-ray. Next year is the 10-year anniversary since release. I really hope that's enough for you both to it's review 10 it. 10 years. Seriously, I didn't know it was that old. Damn. <laughs> y'all old. <laughs> 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 I would love to hear your take on it, Michael and Jordan. Please, please review. Honestly, I hate that I love that movie so much. I was cheering in the theater. The final act is cathartic. The final act is the best part for me. The final act is cathartic for me, even if it's fantasy alternate history. The world, word nigga is used out of hand, Quentin. I agree with Spike Lee on some of his Tarantino takes, but I try to look at the art, not the artist. To be fair, much of his art is fire. I agree with that, too. I love Pulp Fiction. I love Reservoir Dogs. I like a lot of uh, Quentin Tarantino writing. The word... Oh, I said that. How do you all feel about when the art you love is made by underwhelming or even monstrous people? I mean, we just went through that with Joss Whedon. Oh, he says it here. Like Buffy made by a newly known clown or a different world, my favorite show growing up, made by Dr. Douchebag Huxtable. A few years ago, Nate Parker made a Birth of a Nation film about the enslaved African who led a rebellion, purchased at by Fox Searchlight is the highest price in the history of Sundance Film Festival. And then we find out he too was a Me Too monster. Oh, wow. Can you separate the art from the artist? P.S. I'm a cis dude and straight. Because of Michael, I see this gay baiting hard. And Luca, Falcon, Winter Soldier. And did y'all see Raya the Last Dragon? I did not. Did you see that? I did see Raya and the Last Dragon. Was it also gay baiting that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those front of me women in the lead roles Def had some gay baiting vibes. It's real, Sensei. I too am a gay in training law. Don't don't say that. <laughs> don't make that a thing. <laughs> it, it is. You know, it's too late. <laughs> it sounds like some kind of weird porn like parody or something. <laughs> gay in training. <laughs> uh Matt Love Squad, Thundercats, Ho, Go Beyond Plus Ultra Ultra, and Stay Nerdy My Blurdies. Thank you, Michael, fellow Michael. I mean, we kind of talked about that before, though, how we feel about um, separating the art from the artists. It depends on what it depends on what they did. Yeah, definitely depends on what they did. like if you're just an and act- also what it is. Like if it depends on if I really, if I don't give a if, you know, if I just thought it was OK, something. But if it's like ours, I loved or somebody like, I really admire like Joss Whedon, I think is the best example for me because I have talked at length in this podcast about how Joss Whedon's writing has influenced my writing, how his take on humor and tone has influenced my take on humor and tone in writing. Um, I loved a lot of his shows growing up like Buffy, like you, um, uh, Firefly, uh, the first Avengers. I was so... I remember being so, not proud, but just like, wow, the guy that made Dr. Horrible sing along vlog and Buffy, he made the, the the king of geeks brought geekdom and fandom to the mainstream with the Avengers. Fuck yeah. Like, it was like a good, there was a, there was a, a silver age where that shit just felt great. Like, and it felt like Joss Whedon, he was literally dubbed the king of nerds at one point. So, I, for him to come out... Not come out. <laughs> for him to be I'm exposed. coming out as an asshole. Yeah, exactly. For him to be exposed as such a fucking dick in so many different areas. So it's not even like a thing where you can even like... I remember at first we started hearing about things with on like Age of Ultron. I was just like, eh, you know, who knows? Like I try to make excuses for him. Like it doesn't really affect how I feel about him as a director overall, blah, 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 blah. But as more things came out and more things came out and you saw the pattern throughout all of his productions, present and past... It becomes a thing where, yeah, it feels a little skeevy to 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 watch some of those things, but I can still separate the fact that 
Those things were important to me growing up, and those, those things had an impact on me. And yeah, maybe the guy behind it was a fucking asshole, but at the end of the day, I still feel like uh, I'm able to separate him from the things that he's able to. I can still say that I can still make the objective statement that he is still a great writer and and great uh, creator and 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 visionary, but. You know, came at a cost. His fucking personality, I guess, his characteristics. So I don't admire the man, I admire the work. Yeah, but like somebody like an R. Kelly, like I'm like I can't I can't listen to his music. I'm I'm not. But that's different. Like that's 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 why I said that's, depends, that's why yeah. I said it depends on the yeah. It's super pedophile, yeah. and then on top of it, like because he's a like a romantic singer. It colors every song that even things like like as benign as I believe I can fly. That's fucked up for me now. <laughs> I believe I can fly to McDonald's to meet underage girls. <laughs> like yeah. girl. my mind's telling me no, but yeah. my body is like, telling me yeah. Like oh. yeah, my mind's telling me no because you're 14. Yeah. But my like that ass. Look at that ass. Like yeah, it's like yeah, I can't. And unfortunately, we just stuff like that with Joss Whedon's work too. Like there are shades of things we'll see with what he did with Diana Prince and Justice League. What he did yeah. with Black Widow and Age of Ultron. Like you see. You know, art is very personal, and you can see the expression of those things and shades throughout people's works. So yeah, it's it's impossible to completely separate it, but it just depends on the person, the act they did, and your relationship to the work that they've made. I was never like a huge R. Kelly fan like that. You know, I wasn't like, oh, R. Kelly's the great. <laughs> like you know what I mean? So I don't. It's well, easier no, R. for Kelly me. Had, R. Kelly got a lot of bangers. He had some hits, but I was never like a. Wait, R. Kelly's gonna be where? Like I was never that nah, guy. I was never that person. But yeah, if there's exactly. a song coming on, I'm listening to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's see. Our last email comes from Joshua Atkinson, MCU Iron Man and Black Panther. Hey guys, have you ever wondered in the MCU around Iron Man one and two how Iron Man is recognized? Oh, is a recognized hero, and he's never really saved anyone or been a hero. He's only stopped his own made of villains. I guess his own villains that he created. I just found out around this time those movies came out. Marvel had a running comic book to tell tales between the movies. And it turns out Tony was helping in wars flying across the country. Also, the comic books, they had a Black Panther one that showed T'Challa. Has been, oh, I remember that. It, it was supposed to fill in the gap uh, before Civil War happened, right? Uh, the show that T'Challa has been Black Panther since Tony announced he was Iron Man. It would be cool if Marvel released more comic books to tell stories in between sequences or prequels that uh, that you can feel more for some of the characters. It would have been cool if they had a Spider-Man MCU book to show after he got his powers. That would be cool, too. Um, I kind of got that gist. I mean... I get where you're coming from, but they did have that scene in Iron Man 1 where he did go to Afghanistan or whatever and, and protected those civilians from terrorists. Yeah, but ultimately, Tony, yeah, Tony Stark's not a hero. He's not a great hero. <laughs> but stuff like that, if, if that was like broadcast, I could see why people would be like, oh, Iron Man the hero. I mean, he flew into a foreign nation and, and stopped terrorists, right? So The only thing that technically redeems Tony Stark is the fact that he died saving the universe, but even then, I, I should have just went to Nebula. But, uh, but, <laughs> but Like it did in the comics, but ultimately, yeah. That would mean nothing for us, though. You want and Nebula to be like, and I am Nebula. I am Nebula. Yeah. <laughs> She should have got his. She should got her come up as against her father, but like, also, but yeah, ultimately Tony's not a hero. Like everything that he's done, 
was for selfish reasons. Well, I mean, the broad strokes are, but you've got to assume, like, we saw snippets of it even in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, where he, he came in and saved the, the fairy from being destroyed. So you, there's got to be things yeah, between he, movies. Yeah, he, 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 he did that, but it's also like... He did that to ultimately chastise Peter. Well, I just feel like the his main villains that we see because like even with that, like movies. he gave he gave a sixteen year old a fucking masked weapon of weapon of mass destruction with Edith. I'm not saying he's got good judgment. <laughs> I'm just saying that I feel like between movies and even in some of the smaller beats within the Iron Man movies, you see how he's a hero. But the main villains he faces and the main threats he's trying to 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 fix all came from all him. All came from him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even Spider-Man's villains yeah. all came from him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which that's the thing I don't like about the Spider-Man. Like it has nothing to do with Spider-Man. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, and that's all emails for the week. Uh, speaking about things that we do or do not like in the MCU, let's talk about Loki. Let's see how you felt about episode four. And the episode's title was The Nexus Event. This isn't about you. On behalf of the Time Variance Authority, I hereby arrest you for crimes against the sacred timeline. So everything is written. Past, present, future. There's no such thing as free will. Uh, in this episode... Oh, well, first, if you don't know our rating system here on Blurred Vision, I will drop it here. We here at Blurred Vision have a very simple rating system goes from poor vision to perfect vision in the middle there's passable and then you have less than passable and more than passable thank you catch upon um so this episode was the uh direct follow-up to the events of episode three where loki and sylvia are stranded on lamentis and by the end uh their entire plan to hijack one of those ships leaving the planet and escape completely failed because they had an unnecessary action sequence and took too long <laughs> and shit got fucked up so they're stuck stranded on lamentis with no way out because their ipad's battery is dead what the hell are they supposed to do well good thing they have a weird loving connection, and that's so fucking weird to the timeline and to me. <laughs> I guess Loki's just so narcissistic that he is falling in love with himself to some extent. Uh, not just figuratively for himself, but now outwardly, externally with Sylvie. The showrunner, because a lot of people are shipping them, but the showrunner said that it's not intended to be a romantic love. Then why the fuck they put so much emphasis on that? In episode four, because I didn't get that read of that in episode three, and even in the beginning of episode four. So we're just gonna jump right into sports for this, obviously, because <laughs> now we're it's literally a day. Today's episode five is coming out, so I guess if you haven't seen it yet, guys. What are you doing? But yeah, spoilers for Loki episode four. Um, yeah, from the events of episode uh, the beginning of this episode, we're just having a conversation, and Loki uncharacteristically apologizes to Sylvie for being a fuck up. I guess I'm like, what? Loki apologizing? This is weird. I feel like the writers forget that this is 2012 Loki, and just because he saw like a ghost of his Christmas future, he's completely changed almost now. I'm like, I feel like it's too much too fast for him. But anyway, I didn't get the read in their little conversation, and even in episode three, that the feelings he had for her were were love. But the way he acts in this episode, 
and it, the way Mobius calls it out, and rather than Loki dismissing it, he's all flustered by it. Because if it, if, it, if Mobius just brought it up as like a really dude, and he's just like, no, what? That's not at all. That's not at all what this is. I would have like bought what you were saying. The director, but, but there was a lot of stuff that he like. Even the, the whole thing about oh, you 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 uh, how long have you been working together? Yada. He like he went along with it. Like he didn't really defend himself that much. Until, oh, you mean Loki? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but when he, he even said that stuff, that that felt more like him, like Loki lying purposefully. But when he was asking about the, are you in love with her? It didn't seem like he was lying purposefully. It, the, the way Tom Hiddleston's acting came off to me, it felt like he was legitimately flustered, like genuinely wasn't able to process his own feelings and was denying the the truth, which is, yeah, you loved her. Because even Mobius, the way he described the, the reason they were even able to save them was because, despite it, it being an apocalyptic scenario, where we've already established that apocalyptic scenarios, you can't do anything in those timelines to affect it enough to create a nexus event anymore. That's the whole point of the, the apocalypse scenarios. But just them being, not even just being around each other, because they were around each other the entire time they were on Elementus. It was specifically when they held because he held her hand right he put her hand his hand on her hand yeah yeah they held hands and there was affection there and he was like that's the and mobius explains it as the only way for you the timeline to be broken in an apocalypse scenario is for you to something so crazy like a a, a variant to fall in love with himself and it, logan's just like whoa, whoa, whoa. and so i'm like what's the what's the explanation then they could also be like because that's also so, a lot of time time travel one on one don't interact with yourself i would buy that if the moment they they arrived in Lamentis, the TVA was already alerted to where they are because they were together. But it only happened specifically when they had that, oh my God, I'm falling in love with you moment. And I'm like, ew! <laughs> I get it's masturbation, but this is not the direction I thought they'd be going with this. Because I don't think, because and also I do think it's more Loki than it is Sylvie. I agree with that too. And I also understand the context of oh, yeah. he's narcissistic. So that, it's literally falling in love with, he's in love with himself. Yeah. So, so I mean, I get, so I, yeah, I, I get like, cause yeah, it does seem like that's what the, the director, I'm just saying the director said that's not what, what they wanted to do or whatever, but that's not, that's, yeah, it's not necessarily how it came across. So you agree with that? You, you agree that what I'm saying, that's what the director said? Yeah. Okay, so how do you feel about that? Did you like, are you cool with that? Like, how did you feel about that weird development? No, I don't. Okay, why? <laughs> it's, it's weird. And, uh, and then I come across, you know, this is the whole gay and training thing, so I'm about to train you right Damn now. Damn it. <laughs> But, First of all, that see, this is why I don't like this, this phrase. I'm about to train you right now. Or something like, oh. Bend over, Jordan. Exactly. <laughs> but Sick fight. This I also don't like it from an out, outside world perspective in the sense that they had this big old, oh guys, hey, guess what? Agenda. Like we're revealing that Loki's bisexual, and then we're instantly and granted, you can still be bi and fall fall in love with the opposite sex, oh, but still, like the next moment you have him fall in love, it's, it's a basically heteronormative relationship. Yes. So, yes, great. Obviously, bisexual, you can fall in love with men and women. Because yeah. I saw some people, you know, uh, uh, on the internet saying, well, just because he fell in love with the women, he could still be bi. That's, you know, biphobic, whatever. I'm like, I but get that's not what they're presenting. Yeah, I get that. But heteronormative, there's, you, there, every fucking relationship in Marvel is heteronormative. Like, yeah, I, but I agree with you. I think the bigger issue is, like you said last week, there was no moment when he said he was bi that they actually showed he was bi. And yes. you're right, absolutely, that in a moment where he was drunk, why wouldn't he be like, just, just make out with a girl, make out with a guy. See, I'm bi. Now you're showing it rather than just telling it. And then, 
I agree too. In the very next episode, the only relationship you actually showcase that that buy thing, which is lip service, because the very next the the romance you're focusing on in this even, yeah, it's a variant. And it's weird, but she's still a woman. So yes, on screen romance, the only thing you're actually seeing from Loki is a heterosexual relationship, and I hate it. <laughs> but that's what they're showing us. Um, but yeah, so with that aside, and then we get into the them going back to the TVA, and we get uh, the developments of Loki being thrown into the uh, the time loop with Lady Sif, being kicked in the balls over and over again to to as punishment for <laughs> for him escaping with Sylvie, trying to get information out of him, to soften him up. Uh, how'd you feel about the time loop segment? Um. I mean, it was nice. I thought it was like rant, like the most random of randomest cameos. The fact that I feel like just we haven't seen call. her. Yeah, I was like, we haven't seen her since Agents, Thor, Agents of Thor, Shield. Yeah, I was gonna say Thor of the Dark War. Yeah, Agents of Shield. And for her to show up in this one-off episode for a time loop in Loki, I was like, oh, Jamie Alexander, Lady Sif, that's cool, but why here? <laughs> I think she's just always on tap by Marvel to be like, hey, we need you in a cameo. I'm there. Because she's the most consistent cameo character in Thor. Yeah, but she also couldn't, she couldn't do Thor Ragnarok because she had a show that was on. That's why she couldn't be in the other movies. Mm. But I don't think that show was on anymore. So now it's like, oh, let's bring, because I think she's confirmed for Thor Love and Thunder. I think. Oh, okay. That'd be cool. I think. Because it is a weird plot hole where she's disappeared in Ragnarok. Or it's but like, even still, all like, your friends are dead except for her. Where is she at? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> where was she at? Like, you could be like, oh, I was on a mission. Where's Asgard? It's gone. Okay. Yeah, it's like, oh, shit. Uh, I got some catching up to do then. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I guess they could make it. I guess they could make it work. But then it's like, I feel like it's too many cat. Like, you're already getting Lady Thor. I mean, uh, Jane Foster Thor. You still got to deal with Valkyrie and her mm. being the king of Asgard. And now, I, you're, now you're throwing in Lady Sif. I, I liked it for what the point of the scene was, which for, was for eventually- it's, Yeah, it's more for Loki, but I think it would have been to, better- To admit that he's an asshole. <laughs> it would have been better if it was his mother. His mother? Yeah, emotionally, yeah. I feel like that would probably have been a better time loop for him to be in. But I also find it weird contextually that, like, I guess not maybe, maybe plot-wise, that he was able to affect the time loop. Like, is it really a time loop if you're able to- Because then it's like- why aren't you defending yourself? Like, why aren't you at least trying to put your hands up or like run away from her or anything? He's just like, let me just keep staying in the same spot and get kicked in the balls. Like, if you're able to do things differently each time, like <laughs> your only defense is I'm just gonna be completely defenseless every single time. <laughs> Again, what's Loki's power level? I don't. <laughs> Why well, he doesn't have any power? I don't have any powers in the TVA, but like you can't run away. You can't kick at her. Like, no, don't hit me. <laughs> like you just I mean, I mean I was gonna say there's nowhere for him to run. Yeah, he didn't try that hard. This is my thing, but whatever. Um and we also got glimpses into Sylvie's uh her her past, which not much. All we really saw was her playing with toys as a little girl and then the TVA showing up and dragging her away. Like what it, I, I assume there's gonna be more there there. Like there's gonna be some Remember kind of I said before there? my 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 prediction is that the reason she's a variant is because now she's a she. But she was a she when she was a little girl. Exactly. I don't get it. So so from the point because the moment we saw is her the little girl, she's playing with toys. Yeah, but why and then they show up. If there's a Nexus, we've seen how Nexus events can be instant. Like it's not like it takes years for Nexus events to happen. Well, we don't know when why w- Sylvie turned into a girl. If her being a girl wait, what? So you're saying she was a little boy playing there and then she was like, I want to be a girl now. She turns to a girl and then TVA showed up. That's you're just saying that's gonna be the reveal? Because my whole thing is, because you get to the end of the episode and she's like, what did I do? Yes. And she's like, I don't remember. Which is a lie. But 
Was it a lie? My question was, no, was it supposed think, to show I, that no, the TVA is going to give... I, I, I think it's the show. She's a fucking cunt. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Because, like, this is the person they've been chasing. Like, this has been the bane of the TVA's existence for who knows how long. Yeah. You know what the fuck she did. I, my, my read of it was, and you could be right, but my read was, like, is she just so, so much... Like, they, the TVA handles so... And we've seen how many Nexus events there are. How many potential... Like, just doing anything can change the timeline. They're always squashing those little those little blips. Yeah, but, from also, but also at the same so like, time... Like, but nobody's, nobody's giving them this much trouble. Yeah, but I, all I'm saying is I thought maybe it was a... Re, the read of it was they handle so many... That it's like it doesn't matter what it was. Like there's a billion Nexus events all the time. You don't like ultimately the reason doesn't matter. What matters is we have to delete you. That's all that matters. No, nah, I think she knows. Okay, then if she knows, because the theory that you even had that I've seen a lot on the internet is that there's the the head, the real true head of the TVA is skipping forward, bringing back to Mobius, but skipping forward by the end, Loki and Sylvia are brought to the timekeepers who i don't know if you could understand them but i had to turn on fucking no, subtitles like, well I, I had the subtitles on but it sounded like they had a dick in their mouth bro <laughs> i'm like what the fuck <laughs> i can't understand i try without subtitles i'm like i can't understand the word they're saying um yeah so they brought the, the the timekeepers and they end up having a fight and of course escaping and they kill the, the timekeepers so who's the true head of the tva the theories are right now a possible Loki. That's one of them. That's what you think, right? Yeah. But I'm just like, if that's the case, why even bring in the other Loki at all? Why even entertain Mobius to be like, yeah, okay, you can use that Loki. If we, if if the head of the TVA is a Loki, why couldn't that superior superior Loki? Obviously, if there's a Loki that's at the top of the TVA, he's the true superior Loki or she, whatever it is. But why isn't that Loki the one that can catch the Sylvie Loki? Why do they even need? An input from another Logi. Because reasons. Because reasons? That's <laughs> why so I'm just like, I hope if it is a Loki, I, I want it to be Kang. And I don't care in what capacity it's Kang. If it's the if 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 that black dude at the end we're jumping around again. But if the black dude at the end of episode four and when they show the Loki verse, um, is a Loki. Why couldn't the you said the, the a black guy was cast as uh Kang, right? Jonathan Majors from yeah, uh, Jonathan Lovecraft Majors. Country. Okay, so why couldn't he be a Loki? Maybe his, his. I go by many names. I was called Loki once, but I'm Kang the Conqueror now. You know what I mean? Like, why not that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, but even if that is the case, that still doesn't uh, change your criticism. No, but I want it to be Kang. <laughs> I want it to. I, I don't feel like. But I'm saying, but even if it is a Loki Kang, yeah, that still doesn't. But at least it's your not criticism just is still the, valid. Yes, it's still because it's still a Loki. So why would you need? Because at least then it's not just just Loki. Because then, then but it's technically a it is though. But it's a separate character entirely from Kang. It'll but it's be not the, if he's a Loki that just changed his name. Like Sylvie is a Loki that changed her name. Yeah, and she's kind of enchantress. You know, what I mean, they're they're combining characters. I'm more okay with that because that's the ultimate universe trope. Like I said before, in the ultimate universe, I think Kang was either Iron Man or Sue Richards. Um, what's his name, right? Sue Richards. Yeah, Susan. Susan Richards. Susan Storm. Um, I'm more okay with that than just being a I'm a Loki because then I feel like it dies here. It's just oh, we defeat this Loki and then the timeline's fucked up. 
But with the Kang, that has more story implications moving forward. And beyond just it being Loki, we'll never have to refer to it as Loki again. We'll, we'll only talk about him as if he's Kang. Because I don't think it'll come up in like Avengers time war that oh yeah this guy we're fighting who's the thanos of the mcu now he's also loki yeah i don't think that'll ever come up again it would be a cool segue to explain this version of king but if it's just loki like i'm i'm president loki of the tva i'm bureaucratic loki it's like ah we've done this and then you know what i mean but it's just me yeah i don't know because uh, what would you, would you like, rather be like, a, a I, want, loki? I want i want it to be kang but then I'm like, are they gonna introduce Kang in this? Cause like, think about the want. Like, what major character did they introduce in the like Wandavision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier? They didn't introduce any. Yeah. All the speculation, like Doctor Strange. Even though they said Doctor Strange is gonna show up, but whatever. He ultimately he didn't. Mephisto. Like Kang is the Mephisto. I feel like Kang is the Mephisto mm. of this show. I agree with that. But I think a trend that we've seen in each of these shows is the 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 end villain is usually someone we've seen. So we haven't seen. King at all. We've only seen Loki. So I guess why everybody's assuming it's going to be a Loki. But unless it's a Loki we've already seen, I don't think is as satisfying as a conclusion. So I would hope it would be some, but I would even take like a Miss Minutes. You know what I mean? Because like, at least it's like, it was something that was set up. But if it's just like, it's a Loki. It's like, have we seen Loki before? No? It's just a Loki. Like, oh, okay, well, we've already, episode five looks like they're introducing a bunch of Lokis. So it's like, I don't know, it doesn't feel as as gratifying to me as if it's like a big the big reveal because this okay here, here's my problem with it you already kind of revealed your twist because the first episode's twist villain was oh the true villain of this series is Loki oh my god next episode the true villain is Loki but it's not you Loki it's a different Loki so we've already gotten both of those reveals in the second first and second episodes yeah. so in the sixth episode they go it's not either of those types of Lokis it's this Loki it's like we've had this we've done this already yeah, but it's like I don't know because because I'm like I'm just thinking about the MCU and, and what I said I, I think I said this before or I don't know I don't remember I get, I get these conversations confused but I feel like we gotta put our comic book knowledge aside mm. for the MCU because they keep showing us time and time and time again that what you know from the comics is not what we're doing yeah like the whole Mephisto plot or like Agatha being not a villain, she's actually a good person and she actually is a mentor to Wanda. Yeah. But then you get to WandaVision, it's like, no, they're antagonistic. They're butting heads. Or the the power broker, oh, is it this person? Is it this person? Oh, what if it's Zemo? What if it's Mobius? And then it's like, no, it's it's fucking Sharon Carter and the way they do it is trash. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> but what if what if what if what if the TVA head is actually a evil Mobius? No. <laughs> no like All right. So let's talk about Mobius too, though, since uh, we're talking about the Loki-verse, and Loki only arrived in whatever that other world is because he was pruned. He was hit with the little baton thing zapper. We forgot the, the Easter egg. We took out Titans, vampires, and... Oh, that line. And Kree. Setting up Blade, yeah. possibly. Which, I mean, that's what kind of did with Winter Soldier with Doctor Strange, the name drop, so... And Titans are also uh, a reference to Eternals. Mmm... Because they're from Titan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so how did you feel when Mobius got purged? I purged. Got a. Uh, got. I was hot. Got pruned. I was like, what the. F-? <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, especially after that great scene where you know Mobius is like being like starting to second guess TV after Loki tells him they're all variants, and he's like, 
I love the sleuthing he did with Ravana. That's her name, right? Ravana. Ravona. Ravona. Um, to get her time pad, and then ends up going back to Loki and being like, "Hey, man, you could be whatever you want, even by, even somebody good." In case nobody's which ever is, told you that before. Which, I mean, it's the same thing Thor told that's him, what but that's say. not. It's not this version. It's not the same Loki. So I was wondering if if Loki saw that highlight in his death reel, <laughs> like because that was a speech he gave. No, he did. Remember, he's in the episode one. Oh, in the elevator. Yeah, in the elevator. Okay, yeah. good. Right. Um. So I really like that. I was like, aw. And the look on Loki's face of like, I've got a friend. And then he dies immediately. <laughs> so I was like, no, Mobius. But I, but I like the banter between, them. even when he captured Loki, and it was like, you betrayed me. No, you betrayed me. You're a bad friend. No, you're a bad friend. <laughs> I like their relationship. I love Owen yeah. Wilson in this. So I will be really disappointed if this is the last time we see, if I just, if his death was just like a random toss away twist like that. And doesn't, he doesn't come back. But because of the way it ends with Loki, I've got to assume when you're when you're pruned, you're not actually killed, right? Which is what I didn't know that at first, because obviously they didn't they don't talk about it. like pruned. You thought you're you're erased. So yeah, when Mobius was pruned, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like I was mad. Yeah. And then you jump to the end where they pruned Loki. I was like, "Fuck this show." <laughs> you know, well, when that happened, I immediately was like, oh, "Okay, so Mobius must be alive then, because there's no nah. way they're killing off Loki like this." I was like, "No," because you thought Loki was dead. No, I thought Loki was dead, and I thought the last because was cause, it be Sylvie for the last episodes? Yeah. That would be fucking terrible. <laughs> it's called Loki. And the title of Loki changes to Sylvie. <laughs> like, I mean, I, it's a very Marvel. I, like I said with Black Widow, like what was the point of Black Widow to set up Yelena? That's a full movie hijack though, or, or series hijack rather. That's a full bait and switch. People already feel like the show's bait and switched. And then like what made it work, because I didn't know there was a post credit scene when I first watched it at work. And oh, so you didn't a- even after see it. It was, I turned it off because oh, first so three were... episodes there were no there was no post credit. Then I just happened to jo- go on TikTok and somebody like posted a review like immediately. Yeah. And then they showed like I was like, wait, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh shit, there's a post credit scene. So I went back and wow. Looked. So you were living in a world where Loki was dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I was glad. I was I was tight. Oh, I would have been I, mad. I was hella mad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I would have. God, I audibly was like, what the fuck when Mobius prune him? No, it's jet ski. But then I was like, yeah. So I was like, okay. So if Loki's alive, Mobius has to still be alive. Yeah. Because again, like, I don't even understand what, uh, again, power levels. At the end, like the in fight, I think the choreography needs to be better, especially for Loki. Because I'm like, why Why is Sylvie, maybe Sylvie's a better fighter because- I'm assuming because she she grew up in the streets. <laughs> she, grew, she grew up in the streets. Also, how She grew long, up in apocalypses, basically. I, I get why the TVA doesn't age. It, it's just, I've got a lot of small questions. Like, I get why the TVA doesn't age because they're in a timeless world. But for Sylvie to jump from apocalypse scenario to apocalypse scenario her entire life, she's not human. So it's like, let's see if she was human. That's like 20, 30 years. I mean, she could be th- she could be like Thor's age. Like Thor's, so I'm saying. Thor's 1,500 so years she was, old. So she she's been running from the TV for thousands of years? Probably. It's like this. How? No, okay, that was my main thing. When she escaped, I'm like... This is a little girl. She didn't do anything crazy. It's like she did something. No, like, the, the, it's a TV. It's a TV trope. Because the whole moment, uh, Ravona's just staring. Just at, watching. Yeah, I'm just like, staring at like, trying to chase her. Like, she's trying to figure out the time pad. Yeah. And Ravona's just staring. And everybody in the TVA, they're just staring. Yeah, I'm like. I was like, nobody's going to try to no, grab her. This little girl who should be really easy to capture. <laughs> no, nobody. No, yeah. And then, but then it's like, it's not like she just knew automatically that to hide in apocalyptic worlds. No. So. It took her a while to figure that out. But again, she said everywhere she went, she kept causing Nexus events. Mm-hmm. A little girl. And they never found her. 
It took years. <laughs> years. She's still a little girl for now. And now she's not a human little girl. She's a Asgardian little girl. So she's a little girl for thousands of years. And no one could find her and stop her before she figured out, oh, wait, Apocalypse events, they can't find me. And even then, she's living out thousands of years in those Apocalypse events. There's so many like, what? <laughs> what? She's still a god. <laughs> I get They need to do a better job of showing how she escaped and even showing... Maybe they will later. There's no time. There's only there's, there's only one episode left. Time. There's only one episode left. I don't. Uh, but this is the stuff that I'm saying like that will affect my enjoyment of the series by the end. And for a series that started off, and we both said that we it started off stronger than either of the prior two series. For I'm now getting worried where there's mounting questions that I'm not sure will actually be answered. And then not just that, but like, because episode five is already out. Neither one of us have seen it. And people sending me messages. Like even Frankie just sent me a DM like, "Eh, this episode was mid. Mm. So I'm just like, and it's only one episode left. Mm. So it's just like. That's not good. Yeah, it's not good. That's not good. Okay. (laughs) Um. I mean, we, we skipped Sylvie talking to C, whatever her name is, the black chick, telling her she's a variant, make her cry, which is how they got saved and in from the, the timekeepers. But I don't know. I just feel like the timekeepers, especially in a world where Sylvie and Loki are, aren't powered, I'm like, you guys can't, You all you have to do is touch them with your stick and no one can stop them. I'm like... It makes the TVA seem so weak in in a world where they're supposed to be the strongest force. In but the tech, I mean, tech, and that's the thing about the pot, like the whole power scaling thing. Like now that we know, what we know, like they're humans. Yeah. Yet they're able to fight gods and titans and vampires and but how? Like it's not like not like they're wearing any type of like it's, it's SWAT armor. Yeah, it's I, not like they're wearing <laughs> any type of technology to improve their strength. No, and I get. Once you're in the TVA, they're like gods. Like you could, they could pretty much do whatever the fuck they want. Are they but, gods though? I mean, they watch the, Sylvie run away. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying in the sense of like your your strength as a as a god, like Loki's magic or whatever, doesn't work. Yeah. And I'm assuming his god strength doesn't apply as well. Which I'm like, I don't know how that works, or maybe it does. But I don't know how any of that works. But when they go into the real world, though. Yeah. You're still fighting a vampire. We don't. Granted, we don't know how the MCU vampires, how powerful they are. Titans. Oh okay. yeah, Titans. Like Eternals. <laughs> Thanoses. <laughs> yeah. How are they taking out Eternals? I don't. I'm not seeing it, and it's because they're not doing a good job of consistently showcasing their power levels. Like the Sylvie thing, the little girl being able to escape them puts in your mind like how 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 capable is this group you know what i mean like just small stuff like the inconsistency of it is what makes you question it um or even it, or it, even or even the end fight with loki and uh sylvie were fighting tv8 yes, like yes they didn't loki, have any powers no they don't and loki was struggling yes so it's like but why why are you struggling against these humans but he doesn't have any power so i assume he doesn't have but super strength either. still like but if he even has super strength that's the problem because but even if he do, world, even if he doesn't have super strength he still has fight tra- like loki can fight but this show it seems like it seems like the mcu forgets, forgets that. that like you well, the, they forget the first episode the first avengers movie he put hands on captain america he put hands on thor yeah. Thor! <laughs> in the first Thor movie, he put in Thor. Thor struggled a little bit. Thor won eventually, but Thor still struggled. Even in Avengers, he was struggling against, against Stoki. Remember they were fighting on the tower and got stabbed, Thor got stabbed in the leg? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he was, he was throwing hands at Thor even then. So it was like, I don't understand this. Problem. And it, 
it's all about execution because if they just show if they didn't have those Sylvie scenes with little girl Sylvie escaping if they showed that they had like armor like time armor that when you hit them like you automatically go to a stasis lock or something like that like you can you can execute these concepts better in a way that would make the TVA seem like an actual like multiversal spanning power threat but they just seem like a weird they almost seem like a more inept version of S.H.I.E.L.D., but for time and space. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't understand this. Like, so that's why I even like, oh, I need to know what the reveal is. Because the timekeepers being robots or whatever, them being it's lizards. The, the Wizard of Oz thing. Yeah, wizard lizards that make a bureaucratic system is weird, number one. But like, if it's a Loki, even that's weird. It's like, why would a Loki make a, bureaucrat- a bureaucratic system? Well, not even just that, but then like, you think about it even more. How did a Loki get this level of power? Mm-hmm. Because every single Loki that we've seen, well, obviously we've only seen two so far, and then the people in the the uh, jumps to the post credit scene, but like every single Loki that we've seen are from a version of Asgard, and they talk about Asgard being a combination of magic and science, but even they're impressed and don't understand how the TVA works. Yeah. So if you get another version of Loki, which I'm assuming he would be from the same place. Yeah. How did they? How did this Loki get to the point that now they can control all the time and space? Like, where did they get the technology and the wherewithal to be able to create something like a TVA? Yeah, this is a lot of questions. That's why I'd rather not be a Loki. I, w- I would sooner than be like, oh, Miss Minutes was king all along. <laughs> it was Miss Minutes all along. I, I honestly would prefer that because, like you said, Loki reveal add a lot more questions. Because even lo- episode one, Loki was like, I thought you guys don't have magic. Like, how does this shit exist? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I'm hoping episode five and six, I hope it's not mid, like you've been being told. I hope that they're able to elevate this premise because I feel like it has such a strong start and we're just like, we're meandering around things that I didn't think we needed to be focused on as much as we are. But I don't know, just me. Uh, what'd you rate the episode though? And did you like it more than episode three? I did, but. No, I did like this episode. I give it a more than, passable low more than passable i give it more than passable but it's more than passable with no i give it more than passable yeah but with an asterisk (laughs) it's like i really hope this is going somewhere that i like because it's getting shakier so i'm like "Mm, i don't know (laughs) but the mobius death was like a big like holy shit one person i love this week's episode of loki so so much yeah but if it doesn't go somewhere with mobius if mobius doesn't come back i'm disappointed if that was really how he dies and that's the end i I mean he's got if loki's alive i'm gonna say mobius is alive yes like did he get does does everyone purged purge he's saying purge is everyone pruned go to the same whatever universe that Loki went to a Loki verse or does is Mobius now in a world because you always see those memes where it's like Mobius and you see all the versus he's in a world he's in a world where <laughs> like, Mobius is, that, is yeah. does, does every person have their own like purge world that they go to if if they get purged I would assume I so purge, purge. I would assume so because it would make sense for like a narrative perspective to have them separated yeah it'd be kind of weird if because it looked like and, Loki was and, on and the world trying, maybe they're trying to get to each other or maybe they are in the same world it's just like because the Loki location looked like Earth because it had the Avengers Tower in the background yeah, destroyed, like right? Yeah, Avengers Tower. So it's so the darkest he's timeline. On, maybe he's on a world where he actually won. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully it's not a mid-episode. And it's not, you know, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. It's not what you actually, what he actually would, would want. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's get into some anime talk. Uh, since we saw, both saw uh, To Your Eternity, let's start with that. And then we'll we'll break up into little mini-reviews. Hey, 
Um, let's do non-spoilers over to your attorney. And then end with spoilers. That way, because I think this is a show that people definitely need to see without being spoiled. And it's hard to talk non-spoilers for this because I feel like the entire premise revolves around spoilers, basically. <laughs> you get to the point where we're watching the opener. Like At, at first, the opener is like, uh, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's foreshadowing for the future. And then at a certain point where we're watching the opener, it's like, I'm so sad. <laughs> it's so depressing. Um, but to your attorney, uh, the basic premise is uh, a godlike figure because not the god but it's because like, the world that takes place in isn't our world it's like a fantasy world but a godlike figure who reminds me a lot of the specter because he wears a hood <laughs> like in dc um so i i say it's oliver queen from <laughs> from oliver the cw verse yeah <laughs> he came into anime and that's what this show's about but uh a godlike figure creates an orb to experience uh basically to re- to learn and remember but it's like a weird, like, godlike social experiment where he just wants to see how this thing evolves. Well, at first, you think that's all it's about, but it's a he creates an orb that can take on the form of different things that it experiences life uh, and connections. So it starts off as, a, as an orb and it floats well, down to Earth. Well, anything, yeah, anything that it like kind of is next to or, or it is di- that dies next to it, it has to experience some kind of. They say pain, but it's it's some kind of emotional. I was gonna say because I don't even know if that because what what pain did it experience from as a rock? rock? Yeah, uh, <laughs> or emotional nah. connection. I guess it, even though it was a rock, it still could sense things, but it had no perception of. Because uh, what I like about it is that it's it's following this thing that's inherently not human or even at first sentient so it has no knowledge it's not alive in, in so far as it has no like working language or understanding of how humans or animals or the world the universe nothing it's just it just it just is so it goes from being a rock a wolf happens to pass by and dies near the rock or no it doesn't eat the rock the wolf eats the no rock. no the no, wolf just, dies, just, just dies, dies next to the rock yeah dies on top of the rock okay and then it not, takes not on, Dwayne Johnson though. No, it's a normal pebble rock. And then it takes on the form of the wolf, yeah. and then experiences the life of a wolf. It, it basically just literally clones itself. Not, it doesn't like take over its body. It just becomes that thing's form down to the T. So it literally, if you if you die with a wound like on your leg or something, it'll recreate itself in that exact image. So you literally still have the wound on your leg, but it doesn't feel pain the way we. Because eventually it heals. Like the wound healed. It can regenerate. It's, yeah. it's not a living thing per se. So it doesn't even experience pain. Um, it I mean, it, do, look, it does though. Well, it lo- yeah, it does, but has to learn the concept of pain. I know people, people, yeah, like, people that have watched this, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's, but that's, remember when we read the email and it was like, it's about a rock that becomes a wolf that becomes a boy. And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it is that fucking trippy. And the first episode, I even think the first episode. I don't remember the email. <laughs> Oh, that was yeah. That was the, the the suggestion we got. But he when he described it, I read that out loud. And we're both like, "What the fuck does that mean?" <laughs> so the first episode is kind of like a short a short film, where it, it walks you through the origin point point of this weird sentient creature, where it's a rock. Uh, it takes on the form of a wolf, and then as that wolf, it runs into a, a boy in this winter tundra that is surviving on his own, and he takes in the wolf to kind of be like his pet slash companion because he was left abandoned by his his tribe or his village or whatever. And then the thing is, I think it's such a cool writing device where this is a foreign world to us in the same way it's a foreign world to this creature. So 
everything is novel for it. So even though it's in, and, and they do a thing where they scale its development through characters that we can also kind of relate to at that stage of its development. So at first, uh, it being a wolf, it has no real language capacity, it has no empathy, it has no, like, it's just, it's, but it's like a wolf, like a, a dog. You look into a dog's eyes, not like, you're feeling things right now, aren't you, dog? <laughs> no, I, 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 I can tell my, if, if I have a dog. Okay, well, you know what I mean. It's not It's not like a human, where like you can't discern no, he, he is. his expressions. No, he is. What? <laughs> if a dog barks, you don't know where, like, oh, I see what you're saying, No, dog. I do, I know. It's like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> Jimmy's in a well? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, us as humans, <laughs> we normally can't understand the language of a dog in the same way that it can't can't understand human language yet so it's just kind of like uh going with the bond of this human boy and when i tell you by the end of that first episode i wasn't bawling but i was tearing up and i was like okay if this is what this show is about then i i think i'm gonna not even i want to say enjoy it because i'm like i don't want to feel pain but i thought it was really intriguing that even in the first episode, because I remember even when I read the email, I was like, how are you crying in the first episode of something? Like that's, it's really hard to make you connected to someone and to make you feel enough for them to make you weep within like 20 minutes, in the span of 20 minutes. And fuck if they weren't able to do it. And that is a magic trick. It's not, and it wasn't a coincidence. That is a magic trick that happens in the first episode to your eternity. And every like four or five episodes, there is a point where there's an emotional turn in the story that is gut-wrenching. And that's why I told you specifically to watch episode five, because at the end of that episode, I, I think it sets the baseline for what the entire series is about. And then in episode six, we get more background about like what that god is. Not even really background. We get slight, yeah, slight teases about like what this deity is doing and what the mission statement that he has for this creature that he's kind of brought into this world is. Um, Cause it's like, what is there an, is there an adversary in this? Are there villains? Like, are we just watching this thing meet different people and experience life through the eyes of these different people? Like, where's it actually going? Um, Cause it is, it's not just like a, a story based narrative. There is action. It's not a, 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 just a, a, a tragic uh, drama. It's, it's also got action elements in it. Um, and when they get to the action elements, that's when it's like, oh shit, okay, this is what it's about. And even though this creature is immortal, and at first you're like, okay, there's no stakes for him because he's just an immortal creature kind of just going through the day to day, but there is. Um, I can't talk about that because it's spoilers, but right, how'd you feel about it? Um, I thought it was weird as fuck. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. It is weird as fuck. But I still, but it's, but it's so weird that it's intriguing. Yes. Because I'm just like, where the, where, where's this going? I have no idea what's happening, but I don't know. I'm invested. How'd you feel about the first episode? By uh, the end. I, I didn't cry at any of the episodes. You didn't cry on any of the episodes? <laughs> no. You heartless monster. <laughs> Episode five, though? Yeah, I was just like, oh, okay. Oh, my God. I was just like, oh, that sucks, but whatever. Wow. <laughs> wow. Because just based on the first episode, you know that's the premise of this, the whole shit. Like, yes. to your eternity. So there's going to be a lot of that. Over and over again. Over and over again. Yeah. So... Because, I mean, like, it's kind of like the tragedy of an immortal. Just, then again, not spoilers, but, you know, why do they say immortality is a curse? Because you will live longer than your loved ones, you know what I mean? So, like, it's kind of the baseline of what this is about. Yeah. So, it's, it, it didn't necessarily catch me off guard. 
it was it was it was sad, but it wasn't like oh shit, like it wasn't like how I felt like Loki when he got pruned, and I was ready to fucking throw really? everything at the TV. Oh my god, I didn't cry during the pruning stuff though. I I was weeping by the end of episode five. And plus, plus I'm again no spoilers, but I'm heartless. What did I want in Jurassic the Battle of the? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I fucking knew it. You monster. <laughs> But the fact that they had the balls to do it, and then like yeah, you said like, like we both said, it's the premise. So like you know, even though I didn't think it was gonna happen, I thought they were gonna make it. I mean, they do a good job at least in the 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 first the first arc. I guess the first episode doesn't count as its own arc. So the first arc, you kind of question who it's gonna be. Like you don't know who the person that he might lose is. So it's like all right, well. Let's see where this goes. But then, after, like you said, after that, you, you kind of get the idea. That's why I said that, like, the intro becomes tragic. Because then you can kind of see in the intro, like, oh, God, no. Oh, not him. Not them. Why? <laughs> but it's, I, I think it's such an a, a amazing writing magic trick where even though I know where it's possibly going to go for each of these characters, they do such a good job of making me feel for them through the characterization and tell me what their hopes and dreams are. And they'll do a thing. Like literally, when it, when it's about to happen, you know what's about to happen. They start listing all their, their future dreams. They start listing like what they want to do in, like, with their lives in the future. Like It's like, oh, and then we're going to be friends forever. It's like, no, we're not. Oh, God, no. But I think the spoilers come in about how these things happen, how he loses these people. The, the specifics are the spoilers, but they do such a great job of making you feel for these characters. But by the time that you get to that that end point, it doesn't really matter how it happens. It just matters that it happens, and it hurts so bad because you you really you get invested in their lives. You get invested in what they want their future to be. You get invested in like what their hopes and dreams are. You know what I mean? And it's like they oh, such a good fucking job. The writing is so good in this. Um, and the music too. I like the opening thing. Yeah. Even though it's, you know it's, an, it's an anime thing, they're gonna change it, and I'm gonna hate it. <laughs> yeah, they probably are. But you know what's by? Do you know why you like it? No. It's by the person who did the Kingdom Hearts theme. Oh. Hitar Hikaru Yutada, I think her name is. And now, now you can hear it though, right? That's why it has that like kind of same. Yeah. Simple and clean is the way that you're making me feel. Actually, that'd be a great intro for this. <laughs> it's kind of say, when you walk away, you don't hear me say, please, oh baby, don't go. That's actually perfect. <laughs> um. So like that's it. So what would you rate the the series so far? I give it a perfect vision. I wow. So you didn't cry at all in a really emotional thing, but you do at least recognize that it's really well written and it's got great, great character. Do you like the characters? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'm trying to think. The girl's name. Arigato. Arigato. It reminds me of um uh Edward from <laughs> from from Metal Alchemist. Um, but yeah, it's stuff like that. So let's get into spoilers now. Um. Again, if you don't, if you haven't watched To Your Eternity and you want to watch it, I highly suggest you watch it before listening to the spoiler part of the review. Um, we're just gonna talk some. It's not gonna be long, but if you uh, if you want to skip forward, check out the iTunes, uh, the 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 episode description on in iTunes. But I still don't know like where it's going. They haven't revealed everything yet, so all we know now is that there. are because even with the magic tree and I was like where the fuck does this come just, from it's not like, just the tree it, it's I don't, it's like a weird organism that can 
like kind of possess organic matter. So when you first see the the enemies of the series, they're called knockers, um, which is a weird ass name. I, I'm sure they're gonna explain that later, but they're in like the body of like trees and they can make like tentacle limbs and like, and it's weird because he's immortal, but that creature is able to kill it by like basically stabbing through him and like bursting its branches throughout his whole body. And then the real goal was it absorbs his, like his life, previous forms, his yeah. life, his life force from the previous forms. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because then you re- conceptually it's dope when you think about it because what is life? It's just your memories. Yeah. Right. So if you lose your memories, and that's what each of those forms represent. Each of those. That's forms, why, I like, something like Alzheimer's and dementia. That's like one of my biggest fears. It's it's walking death. Yeah. Because even something like cancer, granted, you're you're suffering, but you still know who you are. Yeah. But like dement, like you lose all, like you lose your memories pretty much. You don't know. You don't remember. Like you might have a son and don't even remember who that is. Yeah. Which is effectively death. Because yeah. what are you if not your memories? Right? Yeah. So. Um, I like that it's, there's never a threat like because there is a point later in the show where he gets he gets stripped down all the way down to this rock form but it's never implied that that's killing him killing him but it effectively is death because you're losing out all sense of who you were and the show does a great job of building up this character who who the female character he meets uh, after the first episode Match the little girl she gives him the name Fushi and it's like literally March. each no her name's March but he, yeah. she gives him the name Fuji. Fuji. No, you said match. Oh, I said match. Oh, yeah, March. Sorry. Um, but like I was saying before, with you, the characters you meet, kind of coincide with the level of his development. Um, at first, he's a creature without any knowledge of human empathy, communication. He has no name. He's got no understanding of language. So he's a he's a dog. But then he takes on the form of the boy who dies in the first episode. So then when he meets the little girl whose dream is to be a mother. Oh, as soon as she said that, I was like, "You're not gonna make it. <laughs> You're gonna be dead." <laughs> when she's in this dream of being up, growing up, she's, all her all she wants to do is grow up and, be, and a be a mother. Yeah. So when she meets him, this this boy who she sees as a boy, but he can't speak. He doesn't know how to get food for himself. Um. So when she feeds him and names him, it's like the first stage of development. Yeah. For, she basically gets her wish, kind of. Yeah. She gets to live that she, wish. Yeah, she mothers. She names him. Yeah. She she gives him um concepts like gratitude arigato like but it's so interesting that you i've never seen that he's the main character but you're seeing his development from like basically a baby to become a sentient creature and it's not slow i mean it's, it's almost not, it's, it's not almost fast. the same way it's almost the same thing in uh, uh what's that show where the guy loses his eyes and his mouth and yeah. stuff like that yes it is similar to that but it's not as, I, I, it's not as interesting yeah i wasn't as interested in that. i wasn't captivated by that yeah. i was captivated by this um yeah, and then when, tragically, when she ends up getting killed trying to protect her sister, and he takes on her form, um, like, that broke my heart. Her death scene where she's, like, in the fucking back of the trolley just telling her, her, her older sister, like, I don't, I don't want to die. I want to be a, a grown-up. She's like, you're going to grow. She's like, she's, like, just trying to close the wound as she's dying. This is a little girl. This is just as tragic as, what was the show? Um... Ah, uh, fuck. With the little kids and they go into the 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 pit that kills you if you go down too deep. Um, fuck, I don't remember the name of the anime. Made in the Abyss. Made in the Abyss. It it gave me shades of that. March's character. 
Like you're looking through this world that we don't really understand through the eyes of a child. And yet she's the point of view character because she's also teaching Fushi about the world. So that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I like the writing is so well done that every character we meet and live vicariously through, we're also seeing that through the eyes of Fushi. So then uh, episode six is when we find out about the knockers and he's kind of on that uh he, he's he's kind of touring the world with the old woman with the old woman yeah, yeah. did you get to the episode you said seven you got to yeah so you got to when they introduced gugu yeah yeah he's awesome <sighs> he's awesome <laughs> um yeah you should definitely the, the most recent episode ends that arc and I'm not going to explain anything else because you haven't seen it yet. But in the the preview for the next for next week's episode, they're like, and Fushi continues his when journey. Does it come out? I think it comes out on Mondays. Like My heroes Saturdays, Sundays, or Mondays. I'm not Which sure. There was no new episode. No, there was no My Hero Academia this week episode for this week. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a point where it's like and next uh, and Fushi will encounter new people on his journey next week I'm like no no more new people <laughs> stop meeting people that's the whole point of the yeah I know but it's like it gets to a point where like my heart can't take it no more <laughs> it's just stop <laughs> but the knockers like they evolve too like just like oh he evolves and grows the knockers evolve so where they start uh, by because it's like that weird organ, organic heart thing at the core that he tries to get to destroy. Mm-hmm. But at first it's in trees, but then later it's in because you can destroy trees like with fire and stuff like that. But then later it's in things like stone. And then I don't know this for a fact, but by looking at the pre the the not the preview the um the intro, if you look at it, and they do a great job in the intro by making things really hard to like to see. But there are moments where you see like look like they look like zombies, like zombies walking. Do you notice that? No. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? I think it's the knockers taking over people, because if they can, if they can, that's happening in the show. But the fact that they can, or not taking over, maybe becoming the form of. No, the knockers don't take on the form like Fushi does. They no. more invade. Like that's why they invaded trees to make like those weird tree things. That's why they invaded rocks to make like these weird rock things. But the I, fact I that I didn't see the rock. No, that's later. But because um, then it's like, how the fuck? Because you know, trees you can fight. Like trees is like, all right, you can you can break it open because he's got a big strong bear form and like he's got fire can fight trees. It's like, okay, there's there, there's ways to combat these things. But nah, when it's made of stone, what are you supposed to do against that? I don't know what this, what's gonna happen with people, but then it's like, can is that the the end goal? Because the whole premise is that the the deity says that the end of the world is coming, and for whatever reason, Fushi is gonna be the key to preventing that. So I'm like. Are the knockers gonna like like literally take over all of human sentience or something? Because what are these things? And but even still, it's just like it's a, 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 you know throwback Buffy Buffy reference. What? It's kind of one of my problems with Buffy. It's like you only got one Slayer. She's supposed to say like, how does that work? Like yeah. the whole world, yeah. and then she's only in Sunnydale. What about what's going on in like L- London and New York and? whatever yeah. so there's it, no vampire activity anywhere else <laughs> yeah there's none apparently yeah. but like with this like there's only one fushi yeah it seems to be more than one knocker like how i don't know and how is he supposed to, how is this one entity supposed to save the world i have no idea maybe through friendship and compassion <laughs> learning about life i don't know <laughs> but yeah the dc just keeps pushing him to be like go it it literally tells him at one point like don't 
hang out with any one group for too long, keep learning, keep amassing knowledge, keep gaining experience. But like humans, you know, you want to settle down. You want to, when you meet people, you don't want to just be a, a wandering nomad. You, you, by, by nature of humanity, and he learns to be human, you, you know, you want to uh, have connections. But, for whatever reason, and it's not clear yet what that reason is, he needs to amass more knowledge and experience or to it. combat the yeah, or it, yeah. Um, and that's the thing; it it, it gets to a point that for the first like half of the first ten episodes, Fushi does feel alien. He oh, did feels, you watch Long Halloween? You still ain't watch it. I, I totally forgot to watch that. <laughs> I watched Tomorrow War, but I didn't watch Long Halloween. <laughs> But yeah, he feels alien. But over the course of the show, he becomes more and more human because he, the longer he's around people and learns more and more things. Um, but yeah, like you said, like he feels pain, but he has to learn. He has to learn how to even communicate to tell people to stop doing things that hurt him. Like he, if even if he feels pain, he doesn't have the concept of being like, oh, if I ask someone to stop, they might stop. He has to be taught that. Like it's like, oh yeah, I guess it is like a, it's like watching a child in the body of a, a boy. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I agree. Perfect vision. And I'm really hyped to finish the series. It's only eleven or ten episodes, eleven or twelve episodes so far. But I assume it's gonna be a full like twenty six episode season at the very least. I don't know if it's gonna be a multiple season thing, but I'm, I'm loving or it so is it far. Like a one off. I'm, I'm assuming- I, I kind of hope it's one off. Uh, yeah, I think it might be a one off. I kind of hope it is. I, a story like this, I need a conclusion. I don't need to go on for like six seasons and be like, oh, did you catch up on two year turning? Oh no, man. Like. <laughs> And my heart couldn't take that. Like six seasons of this shit, nah. One and done. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't see this going. Well, you feel you feel nothing. So just, you know, <laughs> you you feel no pain. I was bawling by episode five, and then again in episode ten or eleven. I forget which one it was, but <laughs> more death. Google. <laughs> I was gonna say Google's dying. Oh, I Google. already know. Yeah, um, but you don't know how. It's heartbreaking. Um, what was I gonna say? So right, so it's, it's that girl's fault. <laughs> kinda, <laughs> kinda, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get into. Uh, I watched *Hungry Avengers*, but since you haven't seen it yet, I'll wait to even review that with you because I think you should watch it. Um, I would say again, it, it it's based kind of on time travel, and yeah, it's better. It's TVA. <laughs> yeah, watch at least episode four or five. And you have a general idea of what it's like. But by the time it gets to episode like 10, some shit happens where I thought the premise was over. I'm like, oh, it's over already. And some shit happens. I'm like, oh my God, it's even worse now. Oh, get back in the past. You <laughs> fix that shit. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I, I give it a perfect vision too. So you should check that out. Um, so let's get into, let's split off our reviews. Let's talk about Fear Street and Tomorrow War and then jump in the news. Uh, Fear Street. Dude, what the hell? This is exactly why you have no friends. Look, some gal killed a bunch of people at the mall last night. Holy shit. Another shady side tragedy. Fits the narrative, right? Sarah Thier's back. Christ, not you two. There's no angry dead witch. The only thing that made him go crazy is this town. The dude was wearing a Halloween skull mask. How is that not fun? Guys, I think there's someone in the woods. We're together for one night and dead people are trying to kill us. Maybe we are doomed. Tell me about it. 
give me a, a non-spoiler gist. Uh, Fear Street is basically a more adult version of Goosebumps okay. created by Earl Stein. Yep. And I don't really know much about it because mm. I've never heard of Fear Street. I never read Fear Street, but I didn't know about but it. But I knew a lot of people are like, oh, Fear Street is coming in now. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. I just know it's the more adult version of R.L. Stein. And basically the uh what Netflix is doing, there's uh there's three of them. So this uh recent one came out this weekend. There's another one, part two comes out this weekend, Black Widow weekend, and then I think third third part comes out the following weekend. So it was nineteen ninety four, that was the first part. The one that comes out this weekend it goes to nineteen seventy eight. And then I don't know what the third year is, but they're all connected. Does it feel like a full movie? Or does it feel like an episode? No, it feels like a full movie, but it also feels like an episode. Okay, all right. Like it feels like a part one of a movie. Got you. Doing the MCU. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so this is like Captain America part one or whatever. Got you. Um, and Is it supernatural or is it a uh, oh, it Oh, no, it's, it's supernatural. Oh, okay. Right. But it's also a slight, like, and that's the thing. I was going to say, because it's Goosebumps related, I thought it was going to be like kid friendly. Like a kid, like a Are You Afraid of the Dark yeah. type of heart. No, it's bloody as hell. Well, they said it is more adult. <laughs> <laughs> like way more adult. Like yeah. blood sex going magic. Oh, nice. So you're right up your alley then. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I enjoyed it overall, but it was very camp. It was camp like very 90s. Mm. Like. Not in a good way or? I mean. In a in a in a in a good but not so good like I don't know I don't know how this like it's a, it's a weird it didn't fit the tone of how violent it is or something or? yeah like I feel like they like you could tell it was shot today yeah but they're trying to give that nineties aesthetic and like I, I don't know like if it, it felt like it, uh, it's it's hard to explain like. You could tell the kids were pretending to be like in the nineties. Like it felt <laughs> like I don't know what that means. Like, <laughs> like I don't. Right. I, it's, it's hard to explain it, but like it's it, off the chain, bro. Like I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's, it's the nineties. Like it. It didn't feel. I think it felt way too cheesy for I feel like what they were going for. Like the okay. tones didn't really feel okay. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Because because it was so gory and graphic, and it seemed like they were taking it so seriously. But then at the same time, it was like remember, it felt hella cheesy. Remember the uh, scary stories to tell in the dark tone? Yes. Was it like that? Where it was kind of like, but I didn't like that movie. I I, uh, I at least liked this somewhat. Oh, okay. Right. And I would say I started to like it more as it went on. Like pr- probably by the end, I was like, oh. I wasn't expecting that. Like, I'm kind of curious and I now to see where it goes. Mm. And like, and I wasn't expecting it to be like a, because even with the way it started, like I wasn't expecting it to be like a, a straight up horror. Like I thought it was going to be like, like Scream mm. in the sense where it was like, oh, is there, there's a killer and he's going around. You got to figure out who the killer it's, is. It was kind of campy. Like it had some campy moments. It had some campy moments, but. Because it wasn't well, it wasn't the nineties, right? It wasn't the nineties. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> but I was gonna say, but I guess since I was in the nineties, that, that was the that was the aesthetic back then. Yeah, you don't. And we know, were we were younger. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you don't know what you don't what you're missing out on or whatever when when that's the genre of the time. Yeah, but it's like now going back to that, you're just like. <clears throat> Like this, it feels like I'm like we're retreading these steps again. Like Maybe we're trying to give like a throwback vibe. Maybe, but <coughs> it's still different in the sense of like Stranger Things is trying to give you a throwback vibe, mm. but it still kind of feels modernized. Got you. Okay. This yeah, doesn't. It, this it, feels like a straight. It should have been a '90s movie. Mm, okay. So it didn't feel like they try to like. You feel like that was intentional. You don't think? 
maybe, but because even Goosebumps was campy. It was, yeah, but it's specifically for kids, though. Like yeah, this yeah, is yeah. not for kids. Yeah, yeah. And in some ways, so it's like if this is not for kids, like it seems like a rated R movie made for kids. That's the basic basic way that that I can explain it. <laughs> but it's like, but that doesn't work though, because kids shouldn't be watching this. Actually, that's very nineties. Now that I think about it, <laughs> like all all the shit I watched when I was a kid, I shouldn't have watched when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, per, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean. I will say the like the premise and the story. Like I am curious to see where it goes from here, mm-hmm. and the characters. And and then it's also like I was I was surprised that the main character, the main couple, there's a lesbian couple. I was like, oh, oh okay, that's something that's yeah, that's something that you don't see. And they it's the same characters for the next movie too. So you no, because it takes people? place in 1978. But you don't follow the same people then. So no, yeah, this one is 1994. Gotcha. So they weren't even born. Ah, uh, okay, all right. But it's the same through line of the the monster, the origin of the monster. Mm. So like it's a witch, basically. Oh, it's a witch. Yeah, I knew nothing about it. I don't even. That's I'm all like, I'm gonna say. I yeah. thought it was like a, like a slasher, like a serial killer with a knife or something. It, it is, but it's not. Oh, okay. Like who's behind the TVAs? Like who's behind the monsters? Got you. Okay. So, that's, that's intriguing. Okay. And you recommend it? What would you rate it? I would give it a. Because I do want to watch it. Uh, Michael broke. <laughs> Michael's broken. <laughs> high passable. Oh, okay. That's not as high as I thought. No more than pass. I, I go back. Because like the beginning half of the movie, I was like. But you're intrigued enough to keep watching. I'm intrigued enough to keep watching. But the beginning half of the beginning of the movie, I was like. Mm. But then as it got to the end, I was like, okay, I'm a little bit more interested. Okay. Well, hopefully they keep that momentum in the second one then. So, the latter half wins. I'm not the first. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm tr- I'm intrigued. I'll check it out, and hopefully by next week I'll be able to review. Are you gonna watch the second one next week too, or this week rather? This weekend, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'll watch both. So we can talk about both next weekend. Or next weekend. <laughs> next week's episode. Uh-huh. Um. So for me, I'm gonna give a non-spoiler review of Tomorrow War. We are you. Thirty years in the future, we are fighting a war. Our enemy is not human, and we are losing. In 12 months' time, all human beings in the future will be wiped from the face of the Earth. Oh my God. You and your unit are now in 2051. We need you to fight beside us. We stand a chance at winning this war. You are our last hope. Uh, this is the one with Chris Pratt in the it's in the Amazon Prime streaming service right now. Uh, I mean, long story short, I think it's a really interesting premise that has a lot of fucking plot holes and. You know how we always talk about elevating a premise rather than executing one? I feel like this just execute the premise. There's like, I the worst movies are the ones, not that this is a bad movie, but the worst movies to me are the ones that you can see the better movie in it. And I feel like this is such an interesting concept. It's something that I feel like could have been like a, a different version of like Terminator if they had done it that way rather than Aliens. But the whole premise is the people from the future uh, particularly kids 
because they mentioned that uh, sending people back from the future has to be people that aren't alive in the past. Otherwise, they'll create a time paradox. But they also say that there's only 500,000 people left alive in the future because the aliens have devastated the entire planet. So, Mike, is that few people, people, if there's that few people left, what are the odds that any of them that are still there are people that actually survived in the modern day? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they literally just pop up in the past and go, hey, we need help in the future because we're losing this war and we got to make a... And, so, and then everyone, the, the entire world goes... You're right. We need to help them. We're all going to make a global draft that's required. We're going to send people into the future to help figure out a way. Not even figure out a way. The initial pitch is that they're sending people into the war in the future to to defeat the aliens in the future. But I'm like, first question, if you're if you're almost lost, if you only have 500,000 people left in the future, isn't the war kind of is throwing more people at that's billions of people were killed then so well, not, throwing, even, not even just that but like if it's in the future can't you change the, the past yeah that's, that's question two the first question is just like what is throwing more bodies at that's gonna solve if you've already lost 99 percent of the population you know what i'm saying like more bodies isn't gonna fix things <laughs> but yeah the next question is so why not try and rather than save the future why not prevent that future in the past, like future trunk style? Nah, that wasn't even on the table. It was just like, no, we've got uh, uh, no questions. We're sending people in the future to fight that war in the future to save the future. What about the past, which will become our future? Nah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> just save the future first. Later in the sh- in the movie, they do reveal that there's a plan. Like by doing the war in the future, they find a a, a way to kill the aliens, but. But there wasn't. A, but that's just like a uh, a convenient like byproduct. That, that wasn't the goal. It just just so happened that when Chris Pratt goes in the future, he ends up meeting his daughter, and his daughter is fighting the war too. And she's she's of course they're not only scientists, they're also soldiers, so they can do the action and they can be the ones solving all the problems. <laughs> but uh, she discovers a toxin that can kill the aliens, but they can't administer it in the future because the war's already lost basically so then they come up with a plan after the fact to to try and defeat the aliens in the past by preventing to prevent that future but that wasn't the initial plan so if that was the plan from the beginning that would have made more sense like we're, we're we need to find a way to defeat them in the future like kind of how trunks went into the future or went into the past to help them fight the androids to find a way to defeat them to go back into the future they did that but the opposite you know, what I mean, it, it makes less sense. Like, you want to fight them at their weakest, at their strongest, to find mm-hmm. a solution. <laughs> um, and the aliens. So it, there's, there's a lot of good and bad in this because the aliens themselves. You know that we didn't get to see them in the trailers. When they actually do reveal them, they're fucking. It's a dope design. Like, they, it reminds me of like a weird cross between the the Quiet Place monsters plus the Cloverfield monster plus Alien to an extent. And they got this, these weird. They can run like fucking cheetah, but they got these weird tentacle things on their backs. They can like shoot like these spike darts. They call it white. Like the, the aliens themselves are called white spikes. I guess it's because they shoot these like projectiles out of their tail tentacles that can hit you from a distance. So it's almost like they're alien uh, outriders from from Infinity War, but they can also shoot you at a distance with their tail spikes. And and when you see them in action, it's like, oh, of course they killed all of humanity because they're fucking ridiculously powerful. Until plot armor happens and the main characters are able to like... I was like, what's his face from uh, Mortal Kombat there? (laughs) Bro, basically. Because... uh, 
when you first see them, they're smart enough. Like they have like a weakness in their stomach and their throats, but they're they're smart enough that they can like take cover. They they can communicate with each other. You see them like using the armor on their backs to shield themselves when they get like shot at, so they know when to take cover and when to attack. But then whenever it's a main character like attacking them, they'll just run at you, just hands out like ah, I'm gonna kill you, and they always. When you're a main character, you're always able to get off a shot in their head or, or stomach to kill them instantly. But if you're not a main character, it's like the bullets have no effect and you get killed almost immediately. So I'm like, it's just, again, same thing with Loki. They didn't do a good enough job of making their power level consistent. So like, they were a threat, but you could see the plot armor when it would happen. It was just like, ah, you're only alive because you're a main character. Um, But the... Like the the big action set pieces and the bombast, that was all cool. So I liked those moments in the movie, and like I I thought that as a concept, if if they just tweak certain things, and like yeah, we can't win the the war in the future, so we're gonna train the the people in the past, and now we're gonna make now now the the whole movie takes place in the present, and then the the aliens come, and then we we're better prepared to fight them. Maybe that's one way to go. Or even if they go to the future. A big issue for me was, even though they were in the future, they were fighting with, it was, it's 30 years in the future, so that's why he could be, he could, he'd work with his daughter. But they don't have any future, futuristic weapons. Like, nothing about what they look like in the future. They well, literally- I mean, you're saying it's only 30 years. Like, you think about- But it's called Tomorrow War. So, like, when you're fighting aliens the war in the tomorrow. future- <laughs> Yeah, I, I get that. But I'm like, I feel like, why not just make it- Because I'm like, you think future-y. about, granted, we have, uh, like, iPhones and things like that, but the- 30 years ago is not that much different than today. It's exactly the same. There's no, put some LEDs in those helicopters. Give me laser rifles. Like, but it's just, it's literally semi-automatic but rifles. But that's, but that's my, it's that's normal the, SWAT uniforms. I'm saying, but that's the point it's I'm making. normal helicopters. But that's the point I made. 1985 is not that much different than today. Yes. We have iPhones and things like that and, and internet, but it's not that, it's, we don't have like flying cars and shit like that. Yes. Like people thought we would have once we hit the 2000s. So I'm saying like, it's not, yes. maybe they wanted to take a more realistic with See, aliens. But then it's like, when you're in the Because like if aliens, atta- if aliens attack us now, we don't have future technology. But think about the entire cons, the whole, the whole plot device of this is you're going into the future to fight a future war. On paper, you think future I don't care if it's 30 years in the future. Give me a fantasy 30 years in the future. Like, you know what I mean? Give me a slightly, give me slight visual differences in the technology. Slight. Doesn't have to be big, huge jumps. But when you look just like a normal soldier, I'm like, I'm not, it's not communicating to me enough in this movie that this is the future. We're fighting a future war other than they're being aliens. Like they literally have the same equipment, military equipment we have now, the same helicopter, same tanks, same, everything's the same. They have, they have Jeeps with like, Gatling guns mounted on the back. Give me LEDs. Like all I need is like you know Tron style LEDs and shit, and just be like, it's the future. I'll buy that. <laughs> and that was an issue I had where I didn't when they were in the future, they didn't do it, and, and they would say things like, "There's only five hundred thousand people left in the world." They didn't give me a good enough concept of that. They didn't give. They didn't flesh out that world in the future enough to make me feel that. It might have just been set in the modern day, and that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like it failed its premise a little bit because if. Your whole concept is these people from the future boom tube into the modern day and they're like, hey, we're from the future. You have future tech. You've made a time machine.
machine. <laughs> but everything else is the same. I don't know. Well, yeah, they're not, that's, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not that much different, but it's different enough they have a time machine. <laughs> so I'm like, no, you got to give me some kind of aesthetic hallmarks that this is the future. But it's just small concessions like that. Because even to a certain extent, I didn't really feel for the characters enough. So by the end, when they have this really inane plan to... Because it's got to be only the main characters who save the day in the end. So they have to be the ones to figure out, even though the whole world's got their eyes on this threat. They're like, look, we're the only ones that can solve it. So we're going to figure out where the aliens are before they happen. And we're going to stop them by ourselves. This ragtag team of six people are going to save the world. I'm like... I just feel like if you've got years before the alien attack supposed to happen, why the fuck are you risking it all by potentially like uh, having the aliens attack sooner by by going off into your own thing? I don't know. There's a lot of small things, and people that have seen the movie probably know what I'm talking about. But I'm not going to spoil it. There are a lot of small things that are just like, ah, you could have done this a little bit better. But overall, I thought it was competently written. I thought the action was pretty good. <laughs> you just talked about how incompetent it was, and they say it's competent. No, competent is in the the characters. What they did give some of them, they gave you just enough to be like, all right, kind of like because Jakey Simmons is in this, and he doesn't have that much to do. But what they do give him, it's like okay, they get they basically give you like a spoon fed arc. Like here's here's the beginning of his arc, and here's the end. Some movies don't even have that. So like when I say competently written, it at least has that. Like I saw all the arcs they set up and all the payoffs they gave the characters. The problem is I didn't just care. I didn't care enough about the characters. And you talk about tone being an issue in Fear Street. There are moments in this that the tone again it made me feel the threat beyond what they would talk about. Example: There's a moment where they do their first mission drop into the future with Chris Pratt and his team, or whatever. As a team, it's, it's they recruit everybody. It's not just military people. He conveniently is a military person too, but they recruit just random like people working nine to five jobs at fucking bakeries. Like it's it's anybody, I mean, and everybody. Yeah, they said draft, and but they barely train them. And it's like, what do you think is gonna happen when you send bakers and tech support guys into the future with a gun they never even shot before? They never got any real training, and of course we're all gonna die. What is the point of this? <laughs> but. His, basically his entire team gets wiped out because he makes a decision trying to help somebody. And of course you're trying to help one person and then like 10 other people die. And then in the very next scene, it's like he has no remorse about it. Like it isn't, he's joking about, he's making jokes. He's like, it, they didn't, they don't even bring it up again. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like these sticks don't really match up. Like is, when you're telling me it's the end of the world and the war is over and there's no hope, but I don't feel that scene to scene. There's so many times we have like, time to talk, like just have conversations on the battlefield. There's times they have conversations between fights where it's like, this just feels like they're they're hanging out at Nam or they're hanging out at you know like Afghanistan in between missions. Like again, you tell me it's the end of the world, but the setting, like how they showcase the setting how much they show of the world and the people that are left, it didn't do enough to make me feel like, oh yeah, this is into the world sticks. Oh yeah, this is this is fucking it. Moments do. There's some visuals in the action scenes that make me go, oh, this is fucking epic. But a lot of the the consistency isn't there. But if I were a rating, I'd give it high passable. It was good, not great. But I just feel like this type of movie could have could have been great. Especially with the monster design, especially with some of the action sequences that they had. If they just had better glue keeping it together, I feel like it would have been a more than passable or maybe even perfect vision. 
But you got you got talents like Chris Pratt in this. You got J.K. Simmons, the worst Chris, the worst Chris. <laughs> but he was he was he was likable in this. Like you know, I think that's what he's good at. He's good at being a yeah, likable dude. Likable, yeah. And him and J.K. Simmons, the little, the few scenes they shared, they were good together. So I'm like, if they just made this tighter, if they had J.K. Simmons and him together more, maybe if they if they expounded on some of the side characters a little bit more. There's, a, there's like there's two black guys. One's a comedic relief, like whatever sidekick. Of course, the other. that's all, all black people for. <laughs> well, another black, black guy who's a badass. Um, so I'll let you guess if he lives or dies by the end. But uh, but he didn't get enough development either. I feel like you get just a little bit of information about him, but he should have been more of a main character than he even was. It ends up being a lot of the focus ends up being on Chris Pratt and his future daughter. Um, but I don't know the themes about family I liked, but I'm very mixed on this. But I give it a high passable. Uh, you're going to watch it though, right? Maybe. <laughs> well, if you do watch it, we'll talk about it again. But that's it for my review. And aside from that, let's get into news of the week with Michael. She's the Black Iron Man, but she's not Tony Stark. They just don't want their characters, quote unquote. I could call you a nigga, Jordan. If he says that shit to you, his ass on Instagram. I don't want hand me down. I don't want any gay things. It's all straight and white. What's going down? Michael News. So, all right, let's talk two trailers. Mortal Kombat. Shao Kahn. Lord Raiden. I offer an end to the bloodshed. A final tournament that will determine not just the future of our realm, but the others as well. A tournament? Like a... What, karate tournament? It's a whole thing. I'll explain later. Greetings, warriors of Earthrealm. Welcome to the final Mortal Kombat. Never mind, that sums it up. Lord Raiden told us of a child. Soul so pure that he could save the realms. You are that child, okay? Are you ready? I've been waiting a long time for this. So have I. Fight! This is the end. Yee. Battle of the big dicks. Battle. <laughs> I mean, it's dick fight. <laughs> Mortal Kombat, the original dick fight island. <laughs> battle, battle of the realms. Um, that looks dope. I mean, like in the first five seconds, I'm like, oh, this is already better fucking <laughs> Mortal Kombat than we got from Mortal Kombat. Why is this a hard premise? You make Johnny Cage the comic book relief. You make Liu Kang the main character. He's the child destiny. The in, wing bang boom, and some actual good fights. Yeah, who the fuck is Cole Young? <laughs> Why do we need this? <laughs> they have fatalities. It looks like they're doing very video game accurate combat. Fuck yeah. Why, why is this concept hard? I don't. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing with like when it comes to like the DC movies. Like, oh, why can't you do the? Why are these animated movies so good, but then the DC movies suck? Yeah, it's because directors want like movie live action movie directors always want to put their own dick on it and be like, this is what I, this is how I see Mortal Kombat, or this is how I see Transformers. I don't want your vision. I want the actual property. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, that's fine putting your own because I mean I'm pretty sure animated directors do the same thing but still like, no but they I, I think the part core. of I think part of it is also because they don't have as many constraints like animated movies I feel like they could do whatever they want 
As opposed to studios going in, like, you need to do this, you need to make sure, or this actor wants to, you know, yeah, they want their whatever their face shown, maybe. As opposed to like, uh, like, like a uh, what was what the fuck is the name of the uh, what ghost ghost eyes, whatever the fuck snake eyes, oh snake eyes. It's like no, you can't have the helmet on. The actor needs his, his face shown or whatever. You got to worry about stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The Mortal Kombat guy seemed like he knew. It didn't seem like he, or at least he never vocalized that there was like studio meddling. It seemed like he was from the beginning being like, "Oh, we're gonna make a true to a true Mortal. We we know what Mortal Kombat fans want. We're gonna make something true to them." And it was like, "So who's uh, Cole Young? Huh? What? Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like yeah. in some exa- some cases, yeah, for sure, there's studio meddling. But in other cases, I just feel like the directors want to. I don't know. They, they lose the core of what these things actually are, and that's where it feels like the, it, their vision takes priority over where the original property was. Yes. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, let's talk about Transformers <laughs> Prime. We don't have much time. There is something I need you to do. What is it? I am on a mission to recover the Allspark. Understand how close we are. It is here on this planet. So, where are your intruders? But not Michael, Michael Bay. Not, not Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this one confuses me though, because it's like it's Beast Wars combining the cars. But aren't they supposed to be the same? Like, isn't that isn't Monkey Optimus the same? Supposed to be the same as Truck Optimus? I thought because they're both Optimus Prime. It, it feels like they've, they're changing it slightly. Because I thought in the original Beast Wars, the idea was the Optimus. They didn't have. Uh, truck or earth forms like they didn't have like fire truck and Megatron's like gun or whatever they didn't have those forms uh, when they went back because it takes place back in time yeah like, it takes place back in time yeah, with dinosaurs so it's uh, the origin of fucking earth but um they they didn't have those forms they, there was like basic skeletal Cybertronians and they scanned those animals and like Optimus Prime wasn't named Optimus Prime his name was Optimus Primal and his and he was the ancestor of Optimus Prime. Um, but then there was a point. I don't take it back though, because there was a point. Because it was a Megatron. He was the Tyrannosaurus Rex. He was supposed to be the ancestor of the Megatron that we see in the G One. But then I remember there being at some point the G One characters did time travel or something. Because I remember there being an episode where they they found the body of the Optimus Prime from G1 and Optimus Primal took his spark and became like an upgraded Optimus Primal. Uh, you probably don't remember that, do you? No. Okay, that was later in the, in the series. But, so it looks like here, 
the G1 character. It feels like they kind of just like cut out that that middle man and just had the G1 characters come to the past and then take on the forms of the dinosaurs and animals. But, which I kind of like better because now it's actually Optimus Prime that we know from G1 is the main character of Beast Wars. Before there were, there were two separate people. I'm here. Beast Wars was my Transformers. Same. As opposed to the original Transformers, robots Same. in disguise. Same. I watched that afterwards. Yeah. I didn't even watch it religiously. Like I watched yeah, Beast I didn't Wars. watch it like that. I watched, yeah, I watched, mostly watched Beast, Beast Wars. I followed Beast Wars all the way up to fucking Beast Machines, and that shit was terrible, but I still watched it. Really dark. They just lose. The end. <laughs> Autobots lost. The end. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, that is, uh, what was the one, uh, I think bro, we were, that's why we were just talking about. It seems like they went to a virtual reality world or whatever. They went to Cybertron, but it was taken over, because it was all time travel shit. So they went to Cybertron by the end of Beast Wars, and then when they got to the Cybertron, they, they went through like a pocket dimension or they hit a snag where they ended up several thousand years after when Megatron got there. So Megatron took it over. So when they got there, it was already like a like a apocalyptic Megatron controlled fascist Cybertronian state. And they lost all their beast forms and they had to get like more organic beast forms to hide from the Cybertron security scouts and shit. It was it was really depressing. They just lost every episode, basically. <laughs> and all the people that like you liked from Beast Wars were like mind wiped and like turned into bad guys. It was dark. Ro- robots can't seem to get their shit together. That's basically nah. It. But this looks dope. I mean, I don't. It, so did you confirm if it's a movie trilogy or a series or? Yeah, I don't know. I, I hope it's a series or a trilogy. I hope it's not one movie because it's. A I mean, lot. it says trilogy, so I'm assuming it's a movie trilogy. Okay, so it's like it's like, a, it's like Fear Street. I'd be down with that. Because it's, it's a lot of shit. If they're going to do like another version of Beast Wars, they showed a lot of characters in there that I'm like, how are they going to explain all these characters in one movie? Like Rat Trap. They, they had a... They had a... What's his name? Raptor? No, that's not his name. Dinobot. My yeah, favorite character. And you saw Cheetor. Yeah. But you gotta, if you're going to have Dinobot in this, you got to have his whole arc where he goes from like being Vegeta to being good Vegeta. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm hyped for that shit. That looks dope. I, I watched the trailer. I literally was like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" <laughs> well, speaking of something that has the internet being hyped, there's speculation that Hugh Jackman could be. You know, now we're dealing oh. with the multiverse. <laughs> I Hugh, saw that Hugh Jackman could be possibly returning as uh, Wolverine. Wolverine, based on that story that he posted with Kevin Feige. Yeah, he had a meeting with Kevin Feige. Was there a real picture he posted? Yeah. It looked photoshopped. No, it was a real picture. Uh, it looks so fake. <laughs> I thought maybe he posted a Photoshop as a joke. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why Feige looks fake there. <laughs> like they took his picture from somewhere else and put it in there. Well, but okay, so he posted that and he posted um, Boss Logic art with Wolverine and three yeah, claws. Wolver- Wolverine claws. Yeah. So, I mean, we already know uh, what's his face is returning as Dr. Octopus. Uh, Jamie Foxx is returning as Electro. Mm. So it's Wolverine. J.K. Simmons came back as uh, J. Jonah Jameson. But will Hugh Jackman be Wolverine, or will he be like Max Dickhart or something like said Ralph Boner? <laughs> I mean, it could be that. Yeah. Too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't trust anything anymore now. Because <laughs> is it? Unless it is a multiverse. But the question thing? is, what would you like? Would you want to see him? I kind of don't. You don't want him? No. As much as I love him as Wolverine, I want to see something different. I guess that my, my body is telling me no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I want it. I want it and I don't. 
It depends how they Especially do it. Especially considering he's much older. Like, I want to see a new incarnation of X-Men. But it just raises more questions now with the confusingness of, like, why Why was Evan Peters met uh, Ralph Boner if we're going to bring back Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? Is it going to be in the context of a Deadpool movie? I feel like it's the only way to bring him in and for make any kind of sense because at least Deadpool has a fourth wall breaking knowledge of the multiverse. I mean, maybe that'll be it. You finally get to see Ryan Reynolds and because he, he's been pushing for it for a while. Yeah. So maybe that we finally get that he comes back this one last time to be in a Deadpool movie. Yeah. A multiverse kind of thing because it seems like the you know Phase Four and stuff has to do a lot with the multiverse and other timelines. So maybe that's. Maybe that's the segue point for Deadpool to come to MCU, and we do get the Logan Deadpool road trip movie that Ryan Reynolds has been wanting. I hope so. I don't know. I I just feel like Hugh Jackman deserves it. <laughs> like <laughs> he suffered through all those Fox movies, and Grant Logan was fucking amazing, but it's still like, man, you were you were this close. You were this close to the MCU, and we're not gonna get a Hugh Jackman Wolverine at all. At least people are like, "Oh, he's too old." But I'm like, so let him be Old Man Logan. Like, you can have multiple versions of Wolverine, and let, let this version just be the Old Man Logan version. He literally was Logan, so why not, right? <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. But yeah, I, I'd rather it be a completely different Wolverine. Yeah, I would like them, but. I- yeah, it just depends on who it is. Because I remember seeing all that shit like, oh, make Daniel Radcliffe Wolverine. What? What are you, what are you smoking right now? <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter Wolverine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that. Um, stupid. That'd be stupid. Expertly <laughs> <laughs> armors. <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of uh, more speculating and things like that. So, uh, like the first working title... Uh, I guess episode one of Ironheart has been revealed. Okay. And it's going to be, again, you know, rumors because nothing's confirmed until it's confirmed. But it says it's going to be called Wise Guy. Ironheart Wise Guy? That's the subtitle? Of like the first episode. Oh, the ti- Oh, the first episode's title was Wise Guy. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, so that leaves people speculating. Does that mean Robert Downey Jr. is coming back? Because who's the wise guy? Could he be the AI I was about to say like, the AI in the comic, but he was in a coma then. Yeah, but I mean, we did, coma. but we did get that post—not post-credit even. Uh, the "I Love You" three thousand moment in Endgame where he was literally a hologram. Yeah. So it's like it's possible, and honestly, I would hope so. Like in a world where Robert Downey Jr. has been the face of Iron Man for all this time and the face of the MCU, fucking let him let him be in a hologram, man. Why not? Let let Tony Stark be her Jarvis, her Karen. But which, also, which like, in, I did it, I didn't age well. <laughs> I was like, Karen? Yeah, Karen was uh, Spider-Man's AI. No, Karen, I want to kill people. God. But then also, I'm like, part of me is like, well, I kind of feel like they want to move forward from Iron Man. But I feel like it's such a wasted opportunity. Because she's got, if she's, she's going to be a Iron Man, she's got to have a an AI, right? Yeah. So you're gonna have it be Joe Joe Nobody. You're gonna have it be, it be Jarvis. Yeah. He, uh, we, we've already Jarvis. Tony, well, no, I'm saying Tony Stark is her Jarvis. Yeah, at least there's that. So maybe we just don't see him. We just hear his voice. I'd prefer that <laughs> to to not to not being Tony Stark. Because I'm thinking also like even just for a voiceover, what they gotta pay Robert Downey Jr. like seventy five million dollars just for good, that? That's like, a good point. They're probably yeah. like hell, fucking no. Yeah, that's, that's a real good point. <laughs> But it would be like a, such a great hook for that series. We would all watch it, no matter what. Yeah. 
it's great it's great marketing why not and it just makes sense for the character I don't like things where they pass the mantle without the actual person that had the mantle in the first place there. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of my problem with how they introduced Riri Williams in the first place. Like, she didn't comedy. really have any... Yeah, she didn't really have any interaction with Tony Stark. Yeah. That's why I didn't like... Beforehand. Or, not not that I didn't like it, but I, that's why I liked Into the Spider-Verse version of Miles Morales more than the comic version. Because the same thing. He basically only met Peter the night he died. And they didn't even really have... He just saw him die. He didn't even like, have a conversation with him. But yet, in Into the Spider-Verse, they made that part of his origin. Like, where, like, they had a mentorship with Spider-Man. I, I like that more than just, like, yeah, I'll just take the name. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> but, uh, also with that, uh, so, Suicide Squad, they came out and discussed why there was no Will Smith in the second movie. But they just said, uh, we discussed it, but I think uh, Will... He was in entanglement. <laughs> yeah. But I think the will of it all was really more of a schedule thing than anything else. He was in an entanglement. Mm-hmm. We knew we had to start shooting in September 2019 because, frankly, we knew probably earlier than than other people uh, did that James was going to come back and do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So it was really important that we started shooting when we started shooting and Will wasn't available. And that kind of made it easier all around. What are you going to do? He's not available, so it's nice to, frankly, help separated from the first movie i think in a greater fashion <laughs> separate from the first movie by making a doppelganger yeah, of him and each yeah same shit <laughs> same exact let's character another, background yeah let's get another black guy and have the daughter and- yeah same power set guns same daughter background <laughs> like it's exactly the same yeah pretty much <laughs> if it if harley quinn doesn't at least mention that you know what i mean like oh i knew a guy we were real close in the first movie you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> But also with that, uh, James Gunn came out and was just like, uh, he basically explained like when, cause he wanted to, he's the one that pushed for a Suicide Squad to be rated R. And he was like, when I first met WB and DC uh, Warner Brothers, DC Warner Brothers, when I first met Warner Brothers and DC Comics about the Suicide Squad, I said it would be, it would need to be rated R. It would need to be a rated R war film with no holds barred. I'm always upfront with partners about what I want to do. And they agreed once the rules were set, we were off and running, and I love this movie. And he basically said that he didn't really have any constraints with regards to Suicide Squad. So David Ayer retweeted him and was just like, dang. Why Why dang? Because he, he had the power to do that and David no, Ayer didn't? I guess because he had constraints. Oh, what, yeah, that's what, what I'm what, saying. And so, and, but then you get James Gunn saying, oh, I had no constraints. He's yeah. like, well, shit, well, fuck. <laughs> Why wasn't it the same with me? <laughs> <laughs> Release the David Ayer cut. Honestly, the reason is you came out too close to BVS. <laughs> that's the real reason. <laughs> all that backlash from that really made all the DC or WB executives get uh, nervous. Yeah, so I guess Warner Brothers don't like David Ayer. That's pretty much what it boils down to. But uh, somebody that a lot of people do like, but it'd kind of be weird. But who knows? I'm like, can she act? But there's a rumor, a big rumor going around that Megan Thee Stallion is going to set to play a big role in She-Hulk. What? <laughs> Body, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I know, but what? Megan Thee Stallion. What? <laughs> how does how does this work, man? You just you get you just get put on in Hollywood at a certain point, and then she's just be in everything. Like, <laughs> but yeah, she's gonna be one of her like superhuman clients. Mm. Okay, <laughs> that's sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
swear, but there was some conspiracy powers that'd be bullshit behind the scenes of this shit. Because I'm like, why? Why was she? <laughs> what does that have to do with? What's one thing have to do with the other? I don't understand how they even crossed I mean, over. She was, you know how musicians they a lot of musicians trans uh, transition into acting. Mm. So maybe she wants to act. For all we know, she could be a great actress in the MCU. Of all places, not not. That's where you're gonna start in the MC. Okay, <laughs> gotta start somewhere. All right. <laughs> where's Snoop Dogg at? Where's Drake? I don't. Where's all the other people? Maybe they don't want to act. <laughs> I mean, because have we seen Drake act since Degrassi? Probably not. I don't think so. Has he? I don't think so. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe music is more his his thing. No, I want to see Drake <laughs> with Matt Murdock. <laughs> but uh, singing about Electra sad songs. <laughs> I mean, Numbers in my she own might, phone. She might say, I mean, She-Hulk has body. Body Who's that nigga that you wish you had? <laughs> but uh, speaking of more She-Hulk, they're, they're saying that the premise of She-Hulk, uh, like Deadpool, she's going to be breaking the fourth wall in the show. Which, I mean, makes sense. She-Hulk did that before Deadpool. She and, did? Yes. Weird. And the kind of like, yeah. Why? She's a lawyer and not crazy. So why would she break the fourth wall? I don't know, but that was her thing before Deadpool. Oh. So. It's just Deadpool is the more known. Because it makes more sense. At least he's a wacky ass character. But for She-Hulk, She-Hulk hangs out with the Avengers way too often to be like, hey guys, you know we're in the comic book, right? <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> no, well, I don't even know if she, she acknowledges that we're in the, but she breaks the fourth wall. Like she talks to the audience. Ah, uh, okay. So. But it's, no, it says Walters will acknowledge that she's a character within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What? I like that so much less. Leave that to people that are wacky like Deadpool and even Harley Quinn. It says the superpower Walters will also have multiple interactions with real, with real world people in her 10 episode series. Oh, that would explain Megan the way Stallion. for surprising celebrity cameos. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> this feels like a, the 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 slut of the MCU. Like it's just it's whoring itself out to celebrities. Uh, I don't like it, but hey, maybe it'll be great. I mean, it's supposed to be a comedy, so okay. <laughs> body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. Leave the comedic chops to Deadpool in the MCU, but okay. <laughs> body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. Mm-mm, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Well, speaking of something that you also won't like, and the internet's not liking it because they're coming for his throat, but Steven Dorff, who was the vampire guy in Blade. Okay. I can't the think of his name. Guy. What vampire guy? Blade 2, the main, the main villain. Of vampire, of Blade 2? Yeah. The the main reaver, whatever they're called, the, the, of all its vampires? No, no, that's Blade 1. Blade 1. Oh, Faust. <laughs> right? Yeah. Faust, the... The main vampire guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> one of the blades. All right. So it's got to be the first one then. This is this. Yeah. It's how he looks now, but it's because he's old. Oh, yeah. It's him. Yeah. He's the main villain of Blade One. But basically, he came out and just completely took a, pulled his pants down, took a complete shit on Black Widow and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything like that. Why? Random. Okay. <laughs> but Who are just, you? <laughs> but he just, he just came out and was just like, out of nowhere, I still hunt for good shit because I don't want to be in Black Widow. It looks like garbage to me. It looks like a bad video game. I'm embarrassed for those people. I'm embarrassed for Scarlet. Whoa, I'm sure whoa, she whoa. Got- a bad video game? Do you remember Blade Runner? <laughs> 
talk about Blade. <laughs> I'm just saying. It saved, the Mar- it saved Marvel. There's a whole deleted sequence of that movie where he became a big 3D blood vor- like vortex, like a tornado of blood that looked terrible. I don't know if you remember that. Have you seen that? No, I've never seen it. It's but so bad. I bring it up while you're going to He said, I'm embarrassed for Scarlet. I'm sure she got paid five, seven million bucks. Actually, she got paid 20. But I'm embarrassed for her. I don't want to be in those movies. I really don't. I'll find that kid director that's going to be the next Kubrick and I'll act for him instead. So I'm just like, oh, so somebody's not getting work who's hating. Pretty, pretty much. That's exactly what it sounds like. He's like, oh, I don't want to be in Black Widow because he auditioned and they told him no. Exactly. Like, that's really what, that's what this sounds like. Wait, I'm wait, like, wait, 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 did wait. you forget that you were in Blade? Hold on. Hold on. Let me show you. He's talking about, it looks like a video game. I'm like, you, you, you need to shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> I don't know if you remember. I granted, I can tell they haven't finished working on the effects, but it looks terrible. It looks fucking terrible. It's stu- stupid. <laughs> Oh my god, who thought that was a good scene? Look, look at that! <laughs> <laughs> he goes back into the blood tornado. It's so stupid. <laughs> Meanwhile, fuck Black Widow, though. Yeah, it was like a video game, yeah. though. Like, nah, no, man, you just not get any work. But it's like, you got a PR team, shut the fuck up, tell you not to say shit like that? Like, you're definitely not gonna get work now. No, I'd rather be in the next Kubrick movie. It's like, trying to appeal to the ego of people like Kubrick and who was the other? And Martin Scorsese, Scorsese that came out. Yeah, yeah. that's basically what it, that ba- that's basically what it seems like he's doing. It's like, hey guys, mm-hmm. I don't like Marvel. See, now now that Marvel's the biggest dick in town, it's just the cool thing to hate. Yeah. It's like, but you were in the Marvel movie. You were in one of the first Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these, these new ones are dumb though. Cause, Cause they didn't call me. <laughs> Pretty much. That's really what it sounds like. <laughs> Oh, Hollywood and all your fragile... Hollywood is just high school. This is a big fucking multi-million dollar funded like game of high school. (laughs) And there's cool kids and there's kids on the outs. And this is a guy that wants to be in the cool kids table, but they're not inviting him. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. What a bitch. (laughs) But that's it. Is it for news? Yeah. That was the big finale for the news. (laughs) Blood tornado guy. He says that Black Widow is stupid. (laughs) Fuck you, fucking Faust. Uh, maybe you should be in the next Blade movie. Oh, wait. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, you definitely won't be. That's even like a cameo nah, or not something. Even a cameo. <laughs> you could have, if you just keep your mouth shut, you probably could have yeah, been like could've. a. Could have. Him and Wesley's nice, maybe show up as like security guards and <laughs> shit. <laughs> I hope they at least have Wesley Snipes as somebody in that movie, but. Yeah, I feel like he should let him be Whistler. I'd be down with that. Pay his taxes. Come on. <laughs> All right, so that's it for this week's episode of Blair Vision, then. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about episode five of Loki. We'll be talking about, I think, My Academia will be out by then. We got a lot to talk about then. We got Fear Street. Um, we got fucking... Uh, watch Last Halloween. I need to watch Last Halloween. You need to watch Tokyo Revengers. You won't watch Tomorrow War, but it's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> it's not worth it. Tokyo Avengers is way more worth your time. So if you're going to watch anything, I would suggest that. Uh, but yeah, that's it for this week's episode of Blood Revision. I'll be your host, Jordan, with... Oh, Michael, Black Gay Comic Geek on all social media channels. Oh, yeah, I guess Black Widow, duh. <laughs> what are we talking about next week? Oh, Black... Oh, that's, that's interesting. Black Widow and Loki in the same week. Has that ever happened before? Where there's been two things... 
the Marvel like Marvel content, like a TV show and a movie at the same time. I mean, Agents of Shield was running when movies were. <laughs> Do we count that though? <laughs> or like the Netflix shows. But those all got. But even those were were they ever dropped the same weekend as like a movie? Because they 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 weren't weekly releases; they were all at once. Well, yeah. I mean, Loki technically it's not. I mean, it came out today. Black Widow comes out officially tomorrow. No, but I mean the same week. The Netflix shows. I don't even know if the Netflix shows ever drop within the same week of a Marvel movie. I'm trying to think, was there ever like a oh Daredevil probably, probably was. Usually they would. What I remember they would do is they would drop the like Daredevil the same weekend as like a Justice League to be like fuck you DC. <laughs> but I don't remember it being an overlap with a movie, but. Maybe it's history in the making. So we'll talk about Black Widow, Loki, and a bunch of other stuff next week. So I've been your host, Jordan, with Michael, Black Guy Comic Geek on all social media channels. And I am Blurred Vision on all social media channels, and we will see you next week. Peace. Bye. Bye.